Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, Stuart Imminent, David LaFuente, Takeshi Miyazawa, Rafa Sandoval, Sarah Pacelli, Chris Somney, Joel Jones, Jamie McKelvey, Scotty Young, Gabriel Hardman, Brian Hitch, Lee Garbett, Steve Kurth, Eric Nguyen, Carlo Pagulian, Salvador LaRoca, Clayton Crane, Luke Ross. Billy Tan, Mitch Breitweiser, Dave Marquez, and Pepe Larraz's Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Specifically, we are talking Volume 5 of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, Spider-Man No More. This is Volume 5, uh, quite possibly the best volume so far. We're going to get into it, but I am, of course, joined by the only two men who I would join up with to take down a crooked, corrupt organization after they experimented on us. First up, he's the uh, student council president of Forest Hills High and uh, one dapper looking man in a suit. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Damn, Tandy, what you doing? And he is the only person who I would trust to get me back in the game after I tragically lost a parent to a venom parasite. It's Jacob Brown. Look at me. I wanted you to see this because I wanted you to see how angry I was. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was going to be the one. one. Uh, Can I be the worst real quick? Are you missing a name? No. Oh, Are you missing David Messina? Maybe I am at this because point. David all the names... Messina does art on. Oh, I don't remember which volume it is. Is it volume one of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume Two? Is it the first Miles one where he does like the fourth issue? Maybe. Let mm. me click on instead this. of Sarah Pacelli. I, I swear that there's a David Messina in there. And I it was the first time where I was like, wait, are we missing somebody? <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know what? I am going to add him to the list. I'm going to fact check that before. Uh, yeah, you before do that. You do. Before yeah, next week, obviously. Before next week. Obvi, <laughs> obvi. Uh, but yeah, we're talking Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 5. Uh, Spider-Man No More. These are issues 23 through 28. And uh, this was a big one. This was a uh, a big, big story. And yeah, I think a it, big one. It, you're not wrong. This might be the best Miles Morales uh miles morales volume for many reasons uh some of which we'll get into in this episode so get ready for that but uh also very quickly i just wanted to mention uh this is also as we're recording this the first episode post the passing of kevin conroy uh this is it was very awkward for me uh uploading last week's episode when that happened and you will notice if you follow us on Twitter, if Twitter's still around by the time this goes up, uh, that we did not do a, or I did not do a, hey, book club alert, we got a new episode, which I do on Twitter, uh, at Geek Explained Pod every single week, uh, because that was a tough day. That was a very tough day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman um, for many people, for uh, myself, speaking for me, and that was a tough day for everybody. So... 
I hope that us being ridiculous last week was able to uh, give you some modicum of comfort. Uh, all three of us were devastated. I think it's pretty pretty fair to say. Um, but it was uh, it's it's hard not to think about when you look at the passing of him of Kevin Conroy. Uh, the legacy that he leaves behind as Batman and as a human being above all um, as someone who was a trailblazer was a queer elder uh, at a time that it was not popular to be mm -hmm. queer mm -hmm. um, he will be missed for the light and the just uh, uh, strength of character that he held throughout his entire life so um yeah, just wanted to mention that. And speaking of segues, what? Let's talk about some <laughs> Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. This is uh, this is a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to get to. There's a lot. There's a lot. Let's go ahead and dive into this. Uh, chapter 23. I mentioned last week that... I blew through last volume and began to read the next volume by accident. <laughs> and to my surprise, starting off this issue is when I knew I was in the wrong, wrong volume because yeah, wrong the first page here, just says one year later. It just skips, just skips ahead. Skips time, baby. Mm. Time skip. Uh, one year later, uh, I love the paneling here. Uh, with the images in each word. Uh, it's a big black page just with one year later written on there and each word has its own image in it. One has Venom, year has Miles holding Rio, and later has the shattered uh, Spider-Man mask. What a way to start a volume. What, <laughs> what, a, what wow. a punch in the gut. Let me tell you, you get to... It, it, when we're reading this monthly, you know, issue 22 comes out and you're like, oh man, that was crazy. I have no idea where it's going to go next. And you get to issue 23 and it hits you with that. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Did I miss a 52 in that this? Was a where absolutely. Absolutely. Where's my Black Adam? Well, Where's what, what you need Adam? to know is that, you know, Miles was going around as a superhero and then found out that another superhero was in town called Supernova. And that uh -huh. superhero, Supernova, uh, has been doing like a lot of stuff and Miles is trying to figure out who that is and then Miles finds out probably around like week 39 or 40 uh -huh. that he actually is Supernova and Supernova is a future version of him and so he goes into being Supernova at that point and then Supernova stops being Supernova because now time is corrected. 52. Spoilers for 52. Spoilers also, I believe Rip Hunter is there. In 16 years old. Yeah. Rip Hunter says Some respect. That was like the best reinterpretation of like Back to the Future 2. That's what it sounded like. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Hot take the best Back to the Future. So, you know what? Whoa. I used to think that. I, I used to think that that was the best one. I still love it's the third so messy one. now. It's, I love the third they're one. They're all messy, Malcolm. They're all it's, messy, except for the first oh, yeah. one. The first one's 
pretty clean. First one's peak storytelling. Like, yeah. I think the first one is the one that works the best. You like the oh, third yeah. one the most? Jacob, you I would do. actually. You would sense. like the third one the most. That I, is exactly your sensibilities. I really, I really, no, no. I really love Doc. I love that we touch base on Doc's story. Yeah, I love that he falls in love. It's yeah. really why and I love it. It's, the scientists, yeah, gets, baby. It, it confirms that, you know, Doc is not fucking like gay and like being a pedophile with this weird little kid that's always following him. You know, it's, it's kind of valid. You no, know, I never thought of that, but now that you mention it, yeah, I guess I do every time anybody brings up Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Miles Morales <laughs> uh, we pick up with uh, him one year later, looking very intense. Immediately, we can see how much he's aged, which is cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, what What a difference a year makes. What a difference a year makes. Uh, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and right off the bat, Dave Marquez is back. Marquez Ooh, is going boy. to be a guiding hand through all of this. Oh boy. I absolutely love. He's just the best. He the, rules. The lighting through the trees into on 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 Miles and on the on the, the table that he's on and everything like that is like yeah. my favorite so part of the artwork here. The shadowing under his eyes that makes it kind of look like a domino mask. Yeah. Yes. It's he's like, cool I'm about to become Robin. Yeah. He looks like he's about to become like the gray arrow. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, so he is having an intense moment when we are reintroduced to someone, which is very exciting. We have been seeing her popping up, this random girl, throughout Miles's run, and we find out it's Katie, Kate, Catherine Bishop. Katie Bishop. Katie Bishop has an ultimate house. counterpart officially in the house with 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 colored hair. With the dyed hair, looking cool all hair. looking all hot topic. -y. Yeah, straight yeah. hot topic. Yeah, she works at either Hot Topic or Spencer's. Oh, mm, she's not old enough to work at Spencer's. Yeah, I was gonna say, gotta be a Is little. Is there an age limit for, for Spencer's? Well, because Spencer sells sex toys and stuff. So yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, doesn't Hot Topic? Do they? No, no, they don't. They they do like kid stuff more. No, you're thinking of the Nightmare Before Christmas section. You're yes. right. You're right. You're right. That's yeah. right. You know, it, that, it, it is. Can I try that again? Can I try that again? No, you're thinking of the My Chemical Romance section. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I was going to say, uh, it was like Oogie Boogie singing like uh, Fallout stop. or whatever and everything stop. like that. <laughs> I'm going down, down. Oogie so Boogie with like the hair over the eye. Like, oh, God. <laughs> he does like the squish. Like. <laughs> uh, he's got a, like a choker. He's like. <laughs> oh, yes, with a yeah. <laughs> There's a fan art idea. Oh, please boy. make that. We're gonna put please that on a T-shirt. Don't, oh, don't. It'll sell so really well. It's a top to, topic. Like, oh my god, it'll sell we'll really well to swap meet. Sell really oh, well to like, swap meet. Really well. Oh, <laughs> uh, we did, by the way, get a request for a. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a shoulder pad on a T-shirt. Oh um, shit, that's good. So we might have to add that. I like that. That goes, that goes in a Rolodex. I like yes. that. It's a short so event. we find out that uh, Katie Bishop and Miles are dating, though mm -hmm. they are having to uh, – they're restricted by the school dating protocols, as they are. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, Genki shows up, who is also aged, uh, both of them Looking having good. gotten a significant growth spurt. And the two of them have this conversation where Genki is basically like, look, it's time. Like, let's get back into this. And Miles is not feeling it. He is not like, I don't, I don't want any part of this. I want to tell Katie like about my past, but like, that's my past. 
I like that a lot. That's a nice approach to it too. Of yeah. The conversation. Like, listen, I think I should tell her because it's an important part of like who I was. Um, Genki's like, who you were or who you are? <laughs> well, you are a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so at that moment, uh, Miles gets a text from Jay Drew. We all know who that is. Mm. And is told to meet up on the roof. So he makes his way up and is confronted by... The girl in a league of her own. Yeah. Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Hell yeah. Who's got a little package for him. Uh, she wants to give him a briefcase. Miles does not want it. And it's just great seeing Jessica Drew. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime so we see Jessica Drew. Oh, yeah. Jessica Drew is going to be a big part for this volume and a little bit of stuff coming up. Hell yeah. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some good Jessica Drew times. Love me some Jay Drew. Yeah, she's the best. Uh, so Miles shirks his responsibility, heads back home, and is met by his father, who mm. has gone under a significant makeover. His father, but my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no glasses, fully grown beard. Uh, also now sporting a cane. He, yeah. Uh, he through like his body language and just the way he talks to Miles, you can tell he's been humbled yeah. by the the yeah. incident that happened last year. Yeah, uh, he's chilled the fuck out a little bit. He has chilled the fuck out. <laughs> the um, uh, the body, the character, the the way uh, uh, the 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 way the art is drawn for each of the characters in terms of like body movement is very and very important and very distinguished in that's, the artwork in this in that's the, a dave marquez thing that's just, the marquez he, thing he's so good at that you could absolutely read this book without word balloons and know exactly what everyone is saying or thinking or feeling like yep it, it's perfect master of his craft he's a master god this is when i fell in love with dave marquez's stuff so hard like you know, i mean he he was good when he was first on this book but then like this volume it's like he levels up to another level he's he's yeah. incredible oh yes hell like, yeah he's, he's turned up to 11 it's awesome man like the glint uh, the the glint on the uh briefcase as well yeah. you know miles goes back into his room and finds that uh jay drew has broken in and left the briefcase for him and once he opens it it's a brand new spidey suit brand new spidey suit with shield constructed web shooters which is kind of cool it's kind of sick yeah <laughs> Uh, and he gets a note that he reads, and it says, A year is a long time. How many people could you have saved? You fall off a horse, you get back on. Which is basically the thesis statement of the whole thing. Yeah, I. this is good storytelling. Yeah. This is good storytelling. Very clean, classic storytelling. You introduce this concept at the beginning, and then you just carry it out through the rest of the volume. This is his new power and responsibility. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. Really good. Uh, so Miles and his dad are going out for some Chinese. They head to, they're having a conversation where uh, we get the first inclination that Venom did not kill his mother. Mm -hmm. It's the Popo. It's the Popo. Stray mm -hmm. bullets. Mm -hmm. um, looks like the police department uh, is not going to settle, though their lawyer says that they probably will eventually. But who knows? Um, they've happened upon a place called Lucky Chang's. And this is where the book takes a turn. 
it's very unfortunate this is a book from 2013 that is like this with yeah. very stereotypical caricature yeah uh, it's caricature of asian people which is unfortunate which is really unfortunate it's a really unfortunate sequence yeah because of that this is a a re uh, this is a reminder that this book is being written by a white guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah, so they sit down at this at uh, Lucky Chang's and they're greeted by the server, which to everyone's surprise. Is the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Gwen Stacy. Back with the good hair. Becky with the good hair. Um, <laughs> God damn. Uh, I, I love Marquez. how Dave Marquez. I love how Dave Marquez draws people. Yeah. Like they're all pretty, but they're not all like same pretty. No, everyone look looks different. Yeah. Everybody looks distinct, which I really like. Um, and so they're having uh, they're having this awkward moment, which is really interesting because uh, they they kind of they almost frame it like it's a romantic thing between Gwen and Miles, and I feel I, weird about that. I I don't think that the book frames it that way. I think only Jefferson frames it that way. But then that's because he doesn't have a context. Yeah, but that still speaks to the audience. Like, hey, there's th- th- that can be taken this way. Yeah, but he's an adult who just sees all kids as kids, like. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, not wrong. And he, that's he, how he, I am. If I see like three kids on the bus, I'm gonna assume that all three of them know each other. <laughs> but he's not talking about just knowing each other. Anyway, um, you 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 see the look on his face. He is not. That is not a. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the bottom of the page? Or he's the, <laughs> what's the deal there? He's got this look, just like, damn boy, what's the deal? <laughs> This smug look on his face. Oh my god, it's so funny. Kids got play all of a sudden. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> See? Well, it's like it's like I can't believe that. It's just like, yeah. He's proud. He's proud that his boys may be able to date someone who looks a little older. <laughs> I He's guess. Proud. Um it's a black but the, thing. But then they, they also <laughs> but then they also have that weird, awkward hug in the storeroom. Anyway, either well, way, I know each other. Gwen basically says, "Like, hey, like you haven't been texting us. We don't know what's going on with you. Like, I understand you're grieving. I've lost people too. We need to like, we need to get you back out there. You have a support system." And Miles is like, "No, I'm done. Bye." He leaves. <sighs> he heads back to the table, and I love that oh, Jefferson boy. clocks that he's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. What yeah. a good parent, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's he's like, you know what? You want to go? And Miles is like, yeah, I think we do. And he's immediately just like, hey, we got to go. I I think that there are aspects of Jefferson right now that are a lot closer to your Jefferson from Into the Spider-Verse than they were yes. before. Um, I would agree with that. I think that there are, there are aspects of that. We'll see yeah. if that maintains, but I think that there are aspects of him right now, like that that closeness and being able to pick up on Miles that fast. I, I think that's yeah. that's a Brian Tyree Henry Jefferson. Absolutely yeah. agree. You know. Um. So they get up, and then we have again this caricature moment. 
Oh, God. It's so painful. I feel bad for Gwen, you know? Like, you know. (laughs) She immediately (laughs) blames her. Because the woman's like, like, I hired one white person this year. And and it's like, what did you do? My customers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're so off put by the white girl working here. Yeah. Like, oh, something's up here. Something's up. Wait a second. Come on. That's not uh, that's not right. Justin Miles <laughs> gets a big hit to the Spidey sense and a faboom blows everybody back. Miles gets up and he and Gwen come to the window where they observe the girl who's a f-ing bombshell. Hell yeah. It's Bombshell. Bombshell's back. Hell yeah. And not only that, she's engaged in a superhero beatdown with Cloak and Dagger. New on the scene, Cloak and Dagger. Hell yeah. Which brings us to uh, chapter 24. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. Not not the first first team I would have brought into this book, but it's pretty cool. Pretty freaking really? cool. Cloak and Dagger are awesome. They can be awesome, I should say. They Ultimate can be awesome. Dagger are awesome. They are awesome. Uh, uh, six with six, I've never gotten into. There oh. are two versions of Cloak and Dagger that are awesome. Is this and then Cloak and Dagger from the TV show. TV show, yes. Awesome. TV That's show. Um, I will say I haven't watched it, but the theme song slaps. Mm, drives okay. Yeah. It's so good. Cloak and Dagger arise. Hmm. Good it's listen. good. I've heard good. any of that, so I I guess I should give it a try. The show has a great this... soundtrack. I believe it. A great okay. soundtrack. Okay. Uh, it's season on, uh... one is very good. Season two is one of the best superhero shows I've ever seen in my life. Whoa, that's oh, high wow. praise coming from you. Easily. Easily. It's it's good. It's real good. Would you here's an interesting would you would they put that actually into like more into the MCU in terms of that show? Would so would here's be- the thing. It sort of was supposed to it, it's I think it's one of those things like Agents of Shield where it was supposed Got to be that kind of MCU adjacent title. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then wound up not being. Um, because there are there is a tie to Luke Cage in season one. Oh really? That's, That's cool. Yeah, there is there is a specific tie to Luke Cage stuff. So and it's then been they like they with doing, Runaways, like, right? Yeah, and then they cross over with Runaways uh, for the third season of Runaways. Um, yeah, so it, it was supposed to be tied in, but none of that TV stuff is directly tied, or is it? Who knows? They're just kind of picking and choosing whatever they want. Okay. Um, but they should pick Cloak and Dagger because Cloak and Dagger was freaking rad. It was okay. so. Well, that's good. So so good. What would you do with Cloak and Dagger if we put it into the like the MCU? What would what would you think? I would I would just I would just do this. Yeah, really? Okay. I would, I would just do this. It, <laughs> their origin from the show is different. Like it's definitely different. But I would I would just get those two people and just do this. Just do a show where it's just this. Like yeah. pretty much pretty much start the Arrowverse through Cloak and Dagger. It's yeah, like, that'd that be sick. Would, That'd be kind of sick. That'd be sick. It'd kind of be like, I mean, you could kind of do it like like how Static Shock had like the Big Bang. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? And then everyone who came out of that was a Bang Baby. Kind of do that, but like with Roxxon, as we're about to learn with this. Oh, that's cool. It would work really well. So, oh yeah. my god, let's do that. Holy shit! I love the idea of that. That's fantastic. That sounds great. That'd be easy. Marvel, call your boy. (laughs) Call your boy. 
he's silly. <laughs> <laughs> so Cloak and Dagger are battling against Bombshell. Who rocks. Who rocks. Bombshell rules. I, I love the logo. I love the logo. The, the bomb is the O in the Bombshell. You know why Bombshell rules. You know exactly why Bombshell rules. We, we had this discussion off mic. Uh, but Bombshell, we had a realization that Bombshell, listeners, is very much the ultimate version of Boom Boom. A character who is very near and dear to both Eric and my heart. <laughs> I am the current uh, sitting president of the Tabitha Smith fan club. And uh, Malcolm is my vice president. He is yep. chairperson. Yep. Uh, I would like to initiate myself as treasurer because I love this character from X-Men Hell Evolution. Yeah. Hell I, yes. It took a picture yeah. from that. And I was yes. just like, who is this again? And I was like, Hell yeah. oh, right. Uh, from X-Men, X-Men Evolution, Evolution Boom Boom was an Hell awakening yeah. for young Eric. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> X-Men uh, Evolution was an awakening for young Malcolm. Just in general. Just in general, just in general as a show. Uh, <laughs> awakened me to a great many things. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, you know what? My hot take of the week, uh, X-Men Evolution should have been revived instead of X-Men 92. Hey, Eric, that's I not agree. a hot take. That's the right take. <laughs> that's the, the absolute coldest right take imaginable. Ice that's stone cold. That is, that is Bobby Drake cold, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Call it X-Men Revolution. That Isn't that what Son you... Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's... Didn't you say that? <laughs> didn't you say that? that X-Men Revolution. X-Men Revolution. You pick I love. up 10 years later... They got a whole new cast of kids. You introduce mm. characters like Armor okay. and Quentin Choir. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then do the Morrison run. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. It's just Hell the yeah. Morrison run. Hell yeah. <laughs> With the Hell, yeah. Hell, Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Introduce Zorn. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And Quentin Quire is not British. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's Australian. Decidedly not he British. British. He's no. Absolutely no. You are wrong with He's, that one. He is not British. <laughs> no, he, he is British. I'm not starting this with you again. <laughs> uh, so we cut to one year ago. Where we find, uh, very interestingly, a backstory for Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Who we've met Tandy before. We have Malcolm. Can you give us the rundown on where we've uh, where we've met Tandy Bowen? Well, hey kids, remember when we uh, <laughs> we were reading Ultimate Comics Spider Man Volume One? Not I remember. I was Spider-Man there. Volume Two, Volume it's... One, but Ultimate Comics Spider Man Volume One, which is post Ultimatum. Uh, <laughs> and around you, I want to say issue nine. Uh, so that'd be in the third volume of that. Uh, there's some stuff going down at Midtown High where Tandy Bowen calls the police on kitty pride and gets kitty pride trying to get arrested in the middle of class fucking narc tandy bowen's a narc (laughs) she's a karen with a capital k she's got the haircut for it too yeah it's a problem though like it's a a problem but because that haircut's kind of black eye kryptonite there's a reason why ties into her There's a there's a reason, and and there's a reason why that 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 she calms down from being a Karen because look how smooth that black man is. Like, That's exactly the, it. He's he's a smooth, smooth. Yeah. He's smooth. He's a smooth operator. Like the, the mustache that and the young little, Michael like, B energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ty is the assistant manager at a uh, Burger Frog. 
Uh-huh. Former stomping grounds of one Peter Benjamin Parker. That's true. And Bobby Drake. And Bo- that's right. right. I forgot. Bobby worked for <laughs> he had the whole tadpole trainee shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> oh, Bobby. So Bobby Drake. <laughs> oh, that's right. I just want to be just like you, Peter Parker. (laughs) I wish I was you, (laughs) Spider-Man. I'm never going to be able to read Ultimate Bobby Drake without that voice ever again. It's impossible. I read something with Bobby Drake earlier, and there was a meeting. So... Tandy and Ty meet. It's a nice little meet cute. They're both. Uh, could somebody real quick, real quick, just for me, could somebody please just like redub like the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends with like clips <laughs> of Bobby Drake, just Bobby from oh, like Kitty Hill awesome. into into those clips. Can somebody just do that for me? Internet, Especially please that, that episode where they meet where they meet the X-Men and everyone's like, Bobby, come back. And he's like, no, he's like, no, no. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> That's my purse. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> uh, so we then cut to six months ago, which I want to make a quick delineation. Uh, is not the six months ago of one year ago. You're a criminal. Uh, but it's the six months ago of right now. You're a criminal. Uh, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's simple. It's simple. It's a very... A, B, C kind of setup here. Uh, It is, uh, it's prom night. It's prom night for Tandy and Ty. uh, Both of them looking resplendent as they get into their little limousine. Very much. So good. They look great. They look fantastic. Uh, Can I just say bold choice of Tandy to wear white to prom? Kind of bold. Also the giant ass cross. Love that. Yeah. that. That I love. That's adorable. Like I know it's supposed it's like supposed the to symbolize oh thing. it's a dagger. Yeah. But it, I, I like the idea of Tandy being super like waspy. I think that works really well. <laughs> Tandy is one hundred percent from one of those cool Christian families. Yeah, oh yeah. Y'all remember oh, yeah. the cool church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are can, yeah. Can I real quick can I tell you guys the best thing about the Cloak and Dagger show? Tell us. Yes. So it takes place like super like New Orleans, right? Ooh. Uh, but you think it's pretty easy to keep like, okay, if it's going to be New Orleans, it's going to be rich white girl, poor black kid. That's going to be Cloak and Dagger, right? Nope. It's rich black pants, rich black family. Oh. And Tandy is like the poor one. That's oh, so I kind of cool. love that. She's like a scumbum. And Ew. that's fucking cool. And when I first watched that first episode, I was like, oh, I'm immediately sold. <laughs> you got me. I like that <laughs> idea a lot. Again, really cool. the show is fantastic. That it's it's on the read, it's on the watch list now. It's gotta be. So the two of them are in the limo, they're having a cute moment when all of a sudden they see headlights. And the very next page is a Front page of the Daily Bugle, prom nightmare. Two mm-hmm. New York City school class presidents lie in a coma after near-fatal hit-and-run disaster. Yikes. Big yikes. Ooh. Uh, that, that sucks. That Spot. really sucks. But it's definitely one of those uh, 
last moments when you like right before death happens you just think it's like hey mind that bus what bus splat and that's just how it is you know yeah Uh, also in the news tony stark party life out of control i love (laughs) that what else is new fireman carried out club by four (laughs) how is that news that's we all know it that's so funny Uh, (laughs) we cut to now uh not the now six months ago or the now of a year ago it's the now of right now and i love how dave marquez draws bombshell's power set there's different levels to her powers when he draws it yeah which is cool so like here she's doing like a shockwave thing that looks like she's doing like havoc cosmic rings (laughs) which is cool as hell i love that shit also suspiciously looking like large large versions of the ringer's powers Mm. oh okay yeah Mm. confirmed perhaps Perhaps. I mean, he's just as important a character in the Marvel Universe as Havoc is. So the who's ringer! to say? Who's to say what the uh, true inspiration was? I'm the Ringer. <laughs> I never, never heard that as his voice, but that's his voice now. That's it now. <laughs> I'm the Ringer, everyone. Cut in my rings. Yeah, he sounds like a Sonic bad guy. Yeah, yeah. he absolutely does. Yes, it does. Oh my um, god. So Bombshell at one point gets fucking eaten by a cloak. Which is awesome. Uh, cloak the all black, cloak the necroblade. <laughs> uh, God, Marquez draws cloak stuff so cool. It's so cool. Like, the so use well of done. negative black in it is so yeah. cool. It's very done. Uh, meanwhile, Miles and Gwen are like trying to recover as Gwen's like, okay, um, I will distract them and then you can go suit up. And he's like, no, I ain't doing none of this. Uh, and just then we get a satisfying boom as Bobshell cannot be contained within the, uh, within the cloak. So freaking cool. She's too badass for that. She's so awesome. Yeah. She busts out. She's like, who are you people? <laughs> like, just fucking. Ah! <laughs> like, she is panicked. Everyone's panicking. So cool, man. Uh, we cut to three months ago. Uh, not the three months ago of six months ago, nor the You're three months ago of one year ago. It's the three months ago of right You're go- now. You're going to jail. Where we find uh, Tandy and Ty are in a coma. Uh, they... They're in separate comas, I assume. I don't know their experience. But yes. I mean, they do. The, the the guests here do mention that they were put in the same room uh, because the parents probably thought that they could have like a shared experience. Uh, which yeah. is, which I is, I don't know if it's gross or not. Just let me tell you something. Concept. That was Tandy's parents who did that because that's a real white thing to do. <laughs> that is a real white thing to do. You're oh, not boy. wrong. That is mixing the sands at a wedding. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but we see that they're not alone. They're being observed by the Frightful Four, uh, being uh, the Dr. Layla Miller, Nathaniel Essex, Dr. Samuel Stearns, and Dr. Arnim Zola III. The Roxxon Brain Trust is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minus one misty night. And they're up to some bullshit because Misty Knight is a good person deep down. Uh, I think Misty Knight probably died. Oh, Ooh. interesting choice. She's the only like human of them. Also the only colored person among them, which is, this is very true. Not great. Not great oh, optics. 
uh, the optics on that aren't great. Uh, Not but great. Essex is kind of colored. He's great. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> <laughs> you did not just give me the monochrome as a color argument right now. Stop. Stop. Don't. It's actually the presence of all colors. So it's oh all my God. color. Daniel <laughs> um, actually doesn't see color. So. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just experiences it. Yeah, we know. exactly. The only color he sees is the red on his diamond. So yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, meanwhile, Sam Sturds is just like, <laughs> just like I don't want to talk about colors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, everything should be white. Folks, white everywhere. Later, it is established that he was a Nazi. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my statement holds. We're allowed to say that. We're allowed to say that. We're allowed oh to say God. that is his oh opinion. So we cut back to now, uh, not the now of three months ago, nor the now of six months ago or a <laughs> year ago. It's the now you're of right now. And we have one of the coolest double splash pages where Tandy throws her knives and the dagger, the trail of the daggers make up the panel breaks. So freaking cool. So cool. Master of his craft. <laughs> Master of his craft. Dave Marquez. Uh, Gwen comes up to Miles and she's like, you got to deal with this. You're Spider-Man. And he goes, not anymore. And she says, it's clobbering time. <laughs> wallops this man right upside the head. Oh, it's a good slap. It's I a great slap. I thought you were totally going to do like the Dave Chappelle thing. Like, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. And obviously Jefferson watched that that episode of Chappelle show because he turns around he's like whoa he knew <laughs> uh jefferson jefferson davis reference. is absolutely absolutely a huge charlie murphy fan there's no 100%, way <laughs> no question there's no way he's not uh gwen hits him with the truth she's like look peter parker died my father died just like your mother did you don't know what to do you get up you get up and miles leaves oh. Uh, we cut back out to outside where uh, Dagger shouts, Yipes! Which is a <laughs> Scooby-Doo character or something. Raggy. He's like, what, bro, Ragger? Yipes. Like, like yikes, yikes, Dagger. I don't know if we'll be able to make it. <laughs> that was impeccable. Your Casey Kasem is unbelievable. <laughs> that was incredible. Hey, uh. All this is Casey Kasem with the top forty. Bring you what we need to do right here. It's like if I close my eyes, it's like that would be a recording. Incredible. Whoa! I don't know if we'll be able to make it, Batman. Oh man! (laughs) Uh, Cloak is able to envelop (laughs) envelop uh, bombshell once again, and able to contain her for a bit. And then they decide, look, we we need to go. We need to get out of here. Get to three days ago. Uh, not the three days ago of three months ago, nor the three days ago of six months ago or a Get year it, ago. Criminal. It's the three days ago of right now, where we see uh, Tandy and Ty being experimented on by the Brain Trust. And uh, in observance is a Mr. Roxon. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, Samuel Stearns is being a fucking creep, as he is. As Creepy he little Nazi bastard. <laughs> and... As they uh, get ready to inject these people 
these two uh, comatose teens. They give them whatever serum they've been working on, and they both wake up. And I like to call it the new Oz formula or Nas. <laughs> you know what? You might be onto something. They hit the Nas, and they, hit they the become Nas. fast and furious. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so they it's wake about up. Family. It's about family at the end of the day. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> and you see, I love the way that Marquez draws both their powers manifesting. Jesus, it's man. terrifying. It it's is body scary. Like, Ty, the darkness just leaking out of Ty's body. Like, ugh. I love Ugh. the shine on uh, uh, on Dagger's nose where it looks like it's a dagger in the middle of like all the brightness that's... Yeah, oh, Jesus really Christ, cool. I didn't even notice that. It's, yeah. it's nice, it's subtle. Yeah. That's right. She drew a sharp nose. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Right away, they're like, <laughs> uh, guys, guys, get the fuck out of there. We cut to now. Not the now of three days ago. No, Don't now do this. Three, six... <laughs> Months ago, or LAPD's ago. on their way. So now, right now, where Miles is uh, holding his mask, and um, he's he's not as forcefully as he said in the last volume. He says no more, and he's staring at this mask. And maybe it's because I've had it on my mind, but this reminded me of Mask of the Phantasm, Kevin Conroy in the scene oh. where he is pleading with his parents at the gravestone to like release him from his vow. Yeah. He's almost pleading with the mask, like release me from my responsibility. I don't the, want this. The best scene in mask of the phantasm. Oh, yes. it's so good. That, it's, that it, is, it's the best scene with dialogue. It is who it's the best scene with dialogue. All right. I'll give you that. Cause there, cause there is a scene with little to no dialogue yeah. where Bruce puts on the cow for the first time, and it yeah. is that is super seat. impactful. Yeah, so good. Um, uh, there, there, uh, Malcolm, do you have this on your uh, Kindle or whatever you read it? Where it, it I'm guessing, like in be- the little black indents between yes. each things, it's supposed to say to be to continued. be continued. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Like, it is like the return of that. I'm glad you caught that. You, you didn't <laughs> want to ask me. You asked Malcolm because well, black. I was just I was <laughs> wow. That is that's, a stretch. That's fucked up. No, that that's is really a stretch. The, the lines do speak to me. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm also related to the <laughs> I thought I thought he could read redacted you know them, right? stuff. That's <laughs> Uh, what do you mean redacted? What does that mean? I can read it. <laughs> I've never seen a bar on top of a word before. That's weird. <laughs> See? And you never need to. There you go. <laughs> Chapter 25. Holy fuck. Um, best one of cover. the best covers. Yeah, of all great, cover. Great, great cover. Great cover. Love this cover. Reminds me of Metallo from like Superman, the animated series where he rips it off his face face off. It's so visceral. It's such a visceral, like uh, depiction of what we just saw. Yep. Of Miles trying to escape from this destiny, like so badly. (laughs) Speaking of trying to escape from their destiny, uh, the Parker household is up for sale once again. This house cannot stay with one single buyer. Uh, Allison Blair's getting a lot of a lot of work off this one single house. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Listen, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you move the house and then something tragic happens to it, and then you want to sell that house and move to France, and then you wind up moving back from France. 
because you want to see a little boy and that not what? in a weird way. And then, <laughs> and then a year later, you want to sell the house again because you realize, damn it, France was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty shared experience through everybody, I think. Yeah. You know, after all that, it's it. I'm I'm amazed that Allison Blair is like probably a dazzler of a realtor for all that. Oh. Boo. <laughs> I'm in the back. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Boo. I'm here all week. Anyway, Aunt Mommy's here. Yes, oh, no. Aunt May, drawn by Dave Marquez, is absolute mommy. Fox, no question. Fox, um, and you know who should play her? Hannah Waddingham. Yeah, Ted Lasso's own Han- Hannah Waddingham. No, because that has to. She she has to be Emma. Yes, I know she would make a great <laughs> Emma Frost. I know this, but so, but also so you, can't, you can't be two things. Wait, uh, <laughs> wait. Maybe she can be the MCU 616 with quotations, Emma, and then the MCU ultimate quotations, Aunt May. She can do both. She can do both. People can be multiple things. Or they could fuse together. And Hannah Waddingham has the range. They could fuse together. You just want her to fuse together so that she can step on your neck, Malcolm. Yeah. Welcome back to Under the Belt. <laughs> podcast in a podcast where Malcolm mm-hmm. is thirsting on literally anyone at any time. Malcolm, what's the forecast look like this week? Sounds like it's raining. Uh, we'll was, come back to was, Malcolm next time. That was me uh, quenching my thirst. It is absolutely wet over here. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, Gwen is having a Malcolm, are you okay? Day. I see you're drowning over there. <laughs> I am dripping, my friends. <laughs> Uh, Aunt May and Gwen have this uh, very candid conversation where Gwen wants, she wants Miles to get back to what he's doing. And Aunt May kind of hits her with some truth, basically saying, like, not everybody's cut out for this life. Like, we need to let him grow up and decide what he wants to be. And then Gwen goes, nah. (laughs) Classic Gwen Stacy goes, nah. Classic Gwen Stacy, the best. She says, shut up, you old broad. You don't know what you're talking about. You get out of here before I bring out my knife. (laughs) Remember when she used to stab people or threaten to stab? I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm. Uh, Back with uh, Miles. Miles is always looking real angry. And he's He's always uh, looking real angry. He's he's very angry for doing homework right now. He's a young black kid in Brooklyn. (laughs) He's angry. I'm going to take your word for it, Malcolm. Uh, (laughs) Transition into the scene where Miles and uh, Katie are having... It's weird calling her Katie. Um, It's like the Mary MJ thing. I eventually got around to it. It's just weird right now. Uh, She clocks that uh, Genki is, you know, not feeling too too great. Um, And then we get a call back to the conversation that Jefferson and Miles had. We didn't mention this, Mm -hmm. but Jefferson mentions that for several years, Rio thought that Miles and Genki were a thing and they were just hiding it from them. Hilarious. Pretty good. It's pretty adorable. It makes sense. It does. It makes sense that a parent would absolutely think that. Yeah. And Jefferson, totally cool with it. He's like, yeah. If that's what it's about, it's what it's about. Points, I like that Miles points is like, Jefferson. yeah. 
Moses yeah. all like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, and then Katie brings it up here. She's like, you know, he kind of has a thing for you, right? And I think <laughs> it's very sad. If this doesn't get followed up on, it's queer baiting. And I don't appreciate it. Yes, I agree with that. Because that this would have been a great direction for Genki. And I don't know. I hope they follow up on this. But we will see. Time will tell. It, it, it's, it's what I call the X-Men First Class problem. Where X-Men First Class has two jokes about Xavier being bald. And you can't have both. Okay, but one of them is really funny. I think both yeah. of them are really good. It's okay, just you can't head. have both. Yeah. Like, you can have one or you can have the other. I think this, this is kind of the same thing. You can have one or you can have the other. Because otherwise, it's kind of just baiting. Right. The one with Jefferson yeah. is a little more funer. I like that one. Yeah, more. I like the Jefferson one. Yeah, And comes kind of from a better place, I think. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. I think because we don't know KD very well, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we don't have a read on this, you know, but we know Jefferson better than Katie and Jefferson right. is super dad right now. So he's like, yeah, no, like it's fine, dude. Like, <laughs> also, I just noticed, uh, Katie has twilight eyes as I would call them. Ooh, deep yes, piercing yellow eyes. She's a color. Yeah, she does. She's yeah. 100% a color. Oh my Katie God. Cullen. <laughs> Next, she's gonna have her behind Miles. She's gonna be like, say it. It's gonna be like, vampire. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's gonna say, Morbid time. <laughs> time. And then Genki's gonna come out of the corner and be like, Miles, where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> uh, Taylor Lautner as Genki confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Genki, they jump straight into a fight. Uh, two of them just arguing. Um, Genki's trying to get Miles back. He's like, look, I cannot believe you fucking ran away at the Chinese restaurant. Super bullshit. And you just, like, you're shirking your responsibility. And Miles shouts at him about how he lost his mom. And he, to him, it's his fault. I love this conversation. This conversation is fantastic. Yeah. And Genki makes very good points. I love that Genki immediately is like, listen, what was the last thing your mom said to you? Was it, oh, don't be Spider-Man anymore? No. She said that she was proud of you. You're doing her a disservice. Like, I I love him taking the tragedy and making a positive out of it, which I think is the coolest thing that a best friend could do. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. He even mentions, like, lots of people die. And you are Spider-Man. You need to help the ones that aren't dead. Like, he is trying to call this boy to action so hard, and he just will not. Um, Meanwhile, we cut to one week ago. Uh, Not the one week ago of three days ago, or the one week ago of three months ago, or or six months ago, or a year ago. (laughs) Or actually one year later from the uh, last volume. One week ago from right now, we see that yes. uh, in the aftermath of Cloak and Dagger waking up, they destroyed this lab. And Samuel Stearns is like, excellent, my precious. 
Mm. He's so gross. <laughs> I mean, he turns into 2008 Abomination from the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah, he does. Tries to stab him with his uh, with his elongated elbow bones. Gross. <laughs> such cool That's such a cool design. It's a cool design. It was good. The new one's better because he's got he's got a little head fins. Hey, folks! Yeah. Uh, second most underrated movie in the MCU: uh, Incredible Hulk. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Agreed with that. Hard disagree. Second most underrated because I think Hard that movie is actually pretty solid. It's a good Hulk film. It it's is a fine a Hulk, Hulk film. film. It's a fine Hulk film. It is. It's one of my uh, favorites. It's one of the reasons why I was like, I love Hulk. Why can't we get more Hulk? And then they were like, just, uh, just uh, like you know, all the, all contracts, the uh, contracts and stuff. And I was like, uh, but this is so fun. Awesome. Ed, Ed Norton, fantastic. That movie. Crushed yeah. it. Crushed it. Crushed. I still. I still am interested to know what it's like on Earth 2 where Ed Norton was the Hulk for the rest of the MCU. Right. It would be so interesting. Fascinating. He yeah. would be interesting philosophical Hulk as opposed to, oh, fun guy Hulk, you know, whatever. Can you like, imagine yeah. him in She-Hulk? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It would be so good. So good. It would be so good. Because you totally buy that Edward Norton has a lot of rage inside of him that he's trying to bottle up. Yes. You don't buy that from Mark Ruffalo at all. Not after the first Avengers movie. Yeah. I don't even think of the first Avengers movie by it. Like, he just oh, seems like, kind of like a lame nerd. <laughs> I like that performance, but yeah. he doesn't seem like a guy who is literally on the edge of exploding. <laughs> like, like uh, Norton Banner seems like a time bomb. And that's cool. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because he can't uh, have sex in a sneak. Oh, uh, yeah. I oh, yeah, like, that's right. I forgot about that. That's no, it's like the funny. best scene in the whole it's movie the, where he's like, scene. I can't get my heart rate up. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, so Cloak and Dagger able to escape from Hulked Out Stearns. And we cut to today. Not the today of three weeks ago, the today of three months or six months ago, nor the today of one year ago, nor the today of one year later at the beginning of this volume. It's true. It's today of today. And Miles is checking out the uh, front page of the Daily Bugle. What's in the news today? What's, What's in the news? The news? Uh, the first news? up, fortune cookies. Not actually from Asia. Assistant <laughs> editor Trevor Slattery finally got his his story in. He's been he's been sitting on that scoop for years. For years. He's like, this is gonna get me my Pulitzer. Like, this, this is, is gonna get my Pulitzer. This is the one. Yeah, these these headlines are fucking awful. There's traffic. You're a part of it. <laughs> The most passive-aggressive headline I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Summer heat wave. Why not move north? <laughs> so good. And then the best of the bunch. Pigs! Pigs! <laughs> they really like mud. They really like mud. <laughs> Slow news day, we'll say, at the Daily Bugle. That is uh, New York for you. That's exactly that's... typical New York, New York news right there. Absolutely. Are you kidding? That's all they worry about up with there. Pizza Rat on page 14. <laughs> Small joke about pizza rat. <sighs> Miles, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> uh, Miles heads back to the, uh, I guess now the Davis household, where yeah. he finds that Jessica's waiting for him, and she gives him the backstory that we have been waiting for, and we get a, over the course of five panels and a single page. My favorite Jessica Jones. 
Jessica Jones. My favorite Jess, Jessica Drew moment. Yeah. Um, this is her. This is it, it's like I don't want to like false equivalency, but like this is her coming out moment. This is yeah. her taking her identity um, and is a wonderful trans allegory. Like if it wasn't already blatant, it is now. this. This really put it in the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. She she basically talks about like I have Peter Parker's memories, yeah. but the farther I get away from them, the more I lose them. And she's like, my connection to him is faded over time, and I've become this other thing. I'm not Peter Parker. I'm not even a boy. I'm Jessica Drew. I am Jessica Drew. I'm not Peter Parker. I'm not Spider Man. You are. And. I love this moment because it's Jessica firstly reclaiming her identity as a person, but also being able to let go of Peter. Yeah. Because after the death, and I don't know if maybe they mentioned this in another book or whatnot. It's never explicitly stated, but once Peter is dead, Jessica is the like on a molecular molecular level. Jessica is identical to Peter. Just yeah. a couple chromosomes moved around. And so uh-huh. she is Absolutely. his legacy. She is his, you know, the embodiment of Peter Parker. Uh-huh. And she has sat with that for over a year. Yeah, that's messed with her. Yes. And now, you know, she is able to finally say, I can let that go. I release you. And I can be myself. I can be my own person. And I love that for her. I think that's kind of amazing. Step forward. Yeah. 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 It's kind of really amazing. Huge step forward for her. And also uh, goes some way to explain why she was such a dick to Miles last volume. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She was battling. She was grappling with that. She was grappling with that uncertainty. And he's just been a reminder of that. Yes. About that pressure. Yeah, while while you're having this, I mean, for lack of a better term, identity crisis, you have someone who is, you know, a new bastion of this identity that you're trying to separate yourself from waved right in front of your face. Yeah, that's very difficult to have to deal with. So, yeah. And honestly, like that pressure is all encompassing. It's it's pressure like a drip, drip, drip. It'll never stop. Like it's, you know, it's unfortunate that she has had to carry that yeah. but now she in this scene she gives this incredible monologue just basically like saying look we need each other you are spider-man i'm spider-woman we need to go out and do spider things we need to fight bad guys there's only so much i can do and only so much shield can do because they're in bed with them we need to go do this. And then we get that last callback to the flashback where we get Rio's last words. Look at you. Look at what you can do. I, I like to think that this is the first time that he can actually remember that that's what she said too. Because the flashback shows earlier in the volume but, yeah, yeah. This is kind of that clarity moment. This is the first. This is the first time that he's really able to think back and be like, "That is what she said." Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like he's able that to. Marquez draws a hint of a smile as she says yeah. these words. 
Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I think it's drawn to be a little more closer now that you mentioned that because it's like, yes, it focuses absolutely. a little bit more on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was why I was thinking, like, this is the last, this is him actually being able to recall that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of specific, which is really interesting. And she says, I'm just trying to show you why this is also important, why you need to be Spider Man, why there needs to be a Spider Man. We got to Jefferson asleep on the couch with his laptop, a sticky note placed on top, reading, had to go back to school, forgot about a test, call you tomorrow. We cut back to Miles's room. The case is open. We turn the page, and Miles has gotten back on the horse. I, to the fucking love this page. The I, I love the progression to this page. Yeah. And then that page turn is so satisfying. As as Jacob has mentioned in other episodes, this is where you hear the or whatever Spider-Man theme I, you get. You know, it's a bummer because I think the Giacchino score from the MCU Spider-Man yeah. movies are really yeah. good for Miles. It's true. Yeah, yeah this I'm... would be a dun 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 You're going through and you see the sticky note and then you see the bed and then you hit with the Bam, 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 as you turn the page, I'd, I'd even uh, give it the the ending rendition from No Way Home. Where from it's No Way Home, yeah, it's the, very it's much that like that. Mask of the Phantasm Choir. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like I love this image so much. Like, yeah. there is something to the two of them. It's Spider Man and Spider Woman. Like, Finally, in harmony for the first time. For the first time, really in sync. Is it really Sun rising behind them? Yeah. I know this phrase has a, a, a weighty meaning to Spider fans. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day, baby. It really is. Uh, the Jessica Drew theme for me was like literally the da 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 da. Hell yeah! Yeah, I I love this image. This this is an image that I would want to get a poster of. Yeah. Or like a big old print. The like, next few issues have the best like last pages. So good. Uh, we cut to chapter 26 and we get we are greeted with a really fun uh, cover for Ultimate Amazing Fantasy number 14. Because it's Amazing Fantasy 15. We, Hell we yeah. You get it. You get it. You get it. Where we see here comes Mommy. Bombshell. <laughs> Where we've got a very classic-looking bombshell uh, facing off against a young Nick Fury. Da, 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 this da, da. is, for yeah. context, this is the ultimate Nick Fury that we're actually introduced to first in Ultimate X Men. And I would this say, most- uh, he's looking suspiciously Yahya Abdul Mateen here. He, it, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Yahya in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yaya Abdul Mateen is one of the names that should be on everyone's lips. There are two names that should be on everyone's lips at all times. Yaya Abdul Mateen and Jonathan Majors. Yes, one hundred percent. Those yes. are the two names that should be on everyone's lips. Yes. Right I need I need someone to do a uh, a Roxy cover, except it's just Majors or Yaya. Fuck. Roxy Fuck. from Chicago, do that. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's that's all right. Here this, we go. <laughs> this it this this issue has a special meaning for me, listener, because there has been a reckoning. 
as we are introduced 15 years ago, not the 15 years ago of one year later, one year ago, three <laughs> months ago, three weeks ago. It's 15 years ago of right now, and we're introduced to Lana Baumgartner. I can't wait for you to be so embarrassed next week. I think I it's very interesting. I can't wait for you to be so embarrassed. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> You're going to be so um, embarrassed. Lana Baumgartner uh, is in prison, in Rikers Island specifically. Oh, uh, she's in prison for armed robbery, and she is not set for parole for another 10 or another seven years. She is greeted by Roxon, who want to offer her a way out. And in the next page, we are introduced to her daughter, Bombshell. Whose real name? It's Lori! You're going to be so Lori lives! You're going to be so embarrassed. I love nothing more than being right, listener. And guess what? Because I was told... I was told a long time ago in a galaxy not too far from here that, oh, she's not really named Lori. It was just a screw up. It was. And I have been grappling, not unlike Atlas, grappling with the weight of the world atop (laughs) his shoulders get out of here i have been grappling with the weight of knowledge yeah weight of truth yeah lori Baumgartner is the true name of bombshell get out of here and as the saying goes the truth has finally finally set me free So Lori Baumgartner is calling her deadbeat boyfriend, uh, whose name is Poey. Poey. I think that's his last name. What a scrub last name. What is what is his name? Joey Poey? <laughs> Joey Poey. <laughs> Maybe we'll that's learn. Maybe, Maybe we'll learn something. I hope not. He's a scrub. He's a scrub. Uh, so Lori turns around and immediately is greeted by the two spider people, hot off their uh, their triumphant return. And Lori reacts accordingly. She sets off a couple bombs. And then we get one of the coolest visual cues for her, where she uses her bombs to elevate as a traversal skill. Pretty sick. Like pro- propels her. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Propels her upward cool. into the sky. Reminds so, me of like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so she, she has her mystical leap. Uh, across the rooftops of New York. Miles <laughs> goes to uh, apprehend her with a little thwip of the wrist and misses. Like Thwip-ly a chump. Wrist, missed with a twist. And I love J. Drew's uh, response to this. <laughs> it's the, oh, you suck. She's like, I'm out of practice. She's like, whose fault is that? <laughs> Webs Lori in one go, yanks her back. And uh, they try to talk to her. And Lori is immediately like, wait a second, you don't want to kill me? You're here to help me? And so we cut back to uh, 15 years ago. Not the 15 years ago of one year ago, or the 15 years ago of one year later at the beginning of this volume, nor the uh, 15 years ago from three days ago, one week ago, three months ago, or six months ago. You're you're going to jail. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 15 years ago, we see uh, Lana, Lana Baumgartner uh, 
being experimented on by Roxon. And we cut back to today. Not the today of 15 years ago. <laughs> you're, 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 or you're, the today you're, of a year ago. I'm actually loving it. A year later. I'm a big fan in uh, six Andy months Kaufman, ago, and I hope this keeps going. Three months ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> it's very Andy Kaufman. One week ago or three days ago. I can't wait for you to be impeached. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, you know Eric, what? 2022. I am not a crook. I'm just going to say it. Oh, we all know it. Oh, we all know it. Oh, that's uh, bad. Uh, we'll call this we'll call this Lori Gate. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's actually Lana Gate. <laughs> uh, actually, it's Lori Gate, if you'll find the official transcripts. I can't um, wait for you to be so embarrassed next week. It's gonna be I awesome. can't wait for you to. So we cut uh, over to <laughs> yeah. Cloak and Dagger. Um, and it's just, it's very sweet. I like the two of them. I think they have really good chemistry together. Yeah. Um, and it's not at all how they are in the in the 616 universe where it feels no. really weird. Where it feels like they're brother and sister, but they're dating. Gross. It's weird that they're giving off hardcore ultimate comics, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch vibes in the 616. Yeah. yeah. And the ultimate cloak and dagger do not give off those vibes yeah yucky <laughs> crazy what happens when your story isn't written by a uh a stomach. yeah how about that um, we cut back to uh roxon and mr roxon is not happy that uh cloak and dagger have escaped and he is accosting the brain trust uh-huh. jacob's favorite quote of the week this week is where this scene happens mm-hmm. oh my god it's so funny. He's just he's just a child and he's just like he's like why you it's like what we understand the severity of the situation. It's like, "Oh yeah, well you you will understand the real severity of the situation because look at <laughs> oh, look yeah. how angry I am." <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you you understand. Yeah, he's absolutely the kind of person who would like Someone be yeah. like, listen, if you just listen to me, be like, oh, will I listen to you? Like back in their face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you won't sell me Twitter for $44 million? Yeah, exactly. Um, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, yeah, so he's he's flipping out. And the Brain Trust does try to give a solid argument of like, look what we did for you. I kind of love that that they're just like, hey, listen, don't discount. Like, we did some pretty cool ass science here. Like, this yeah. is kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> they're Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> and so, who's that? So, uh, basically, Mr. Roxon is like, look, we're going to get them, and I would like you to help my guest in any way, shape, or form to make that happen. And then we are introduced to Mr. Anthony Masters, a.k.a. the Taskmaster. So sick. What a sick costume. What a sick reveal. I fuck with this design. Yeah, oh, for sure. This is what like, they should have done for the movie. Like, fashion yeah. icon of the week for me. Like, fashion this, icon of the week. You no, know yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Oh, yes. you it's either this or like, Jefferson. So. Yeah. You're not wrong. He he needs to be dropped into like uh like a zombie apocalypse the way he's dra- dressed like in Hell the Walking yeah. Dead. <laughs> he's uh, ready Army of the it. Dead too. Yeah. Do I, do I do I hear that Zach? That's no. Like, what are you doing? No. Um. No. But yeah, I I love this Taskmaster design. This one uh is very like I look at him and I'm like that speaks um 
that speaks to me. What is the actor who played Luke Cage? Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter. Yeah, Mike Coulter. This, yeah. spe- this says Mike Coulter to me. Yeah, this would be a this would be a good place for Mike Coulter to go to instead yeah. of being Luke Cage again. Disagree. Disagree with your <clears throat> incorrect opinion. <clears throat> it's a very pretty bad black man, though, Malcolm. So I'm gonna give Eric that because ah. I really like him. I really like him as Luke Cage. I really do. He don't fit the vibe, bro. I, that's okay, totally who fair. does fit the vibe then, Malcolm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be, just because he fits every vibe, Malcolm. Yeah, because he's good at being a chameleon. Um, <laughs> time to fly. Honestly, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> the best line reading of it all. <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, too, you you had a challenge from last week. yes i do actually uh okay let's do that right now um so i did have a challenge last week uh last week i was uh i guess for lack of a better term slagging off Kristen ritter as just you sure Jones. were that's not my choice um and so my challenge was to come up with a better person uh for who i wanted for jessica jones and i have done that let's hear it natasha liam of nice. russian doll fame yes Natasha Leon, she fits the vibe of alias Jessica Jones way better. Little crude, little crass, mean. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Looks like she gets shit done. She does, yeah. for sure. Thicker. Uh, That's for you, Malcolm. And and just kind of all around scary. Like the weird one in the corner who solves mystery shit. Like Russian Doll is a pretty solid Jessica Jones time travel story. Yeah. <laughs> it's it would odd. be kind of sick as fuck to see Natasha Leone like punch a wall open. That's what I'm saying. That'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty dope. Give her the voice too. Her very, That's... very unique voice. Exactly. She's got that yeah. like super scratchy New Yorker voice. Yeah. 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 She'd be really good for it. So. Uh, so we cut back to 15 years ago. Suck my butthole, y'all. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. You know what? I'm going to give myself a high five, actually. That was so good of me. God. I freaking crushed it right now. Suck my asshole. <laughs> I'm so good right now. I love it. So uh, 15 years ago. We see that uh, Lana Baumgartner <laughs> is, uh, awakens from Lori her treatment Baumgartner. to find uh, Lana Baumgartner Lori. finds that her powers have manifested as these powers. Lori's. Uh, Lana's powers are <laughs> basically treated as a success by Roxxon. And they're like, oh, you did it. This is great. And then there's one person. It's got to be that one guy uh, looking at the, you know, the spectrometer or whatever. That's uh, going over Lana's uh, vitals. And he's like, uh, my nutsore is Lana, specifically Lori. Lana Baumgartner pregnant. Baumgartner. And I love the reaction shot of this. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah. And then it cuts to Lana, who's like, I'm what? <laughs> Page turn. Boom! Fucking Lana is out of there. She runs away. She's like, fuck this. I'm gone. I I love the style that Marquez does this flashback into where yeah. it's like it's clearly still his art, but it looks very unfinished. It like, almost it made me think that it was a guest here. artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really very cool. scratchy. It looks, 
it looks kind of like Mitch Breitweiser did it. Mm, yeah, cool. you're not wrong. Yeah, you know, which is kind wrong. of wild. Um, yeah, I, I love this. Like, and it makes sense because like it's a little fuzzier than his normal clean stuff, which it's a flashback, it's a memory, you know. Right. So it makes kind of sense. Like, oh, right, it would be a little fuzzier because memories aren't as clear. You know, it's it's a really interesting artistic choice. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, we cut to now. Not the now of 15 years ago, nor the now of no. one year ago or one year later, it's, nor the now of six no. months ago, three months ago, no. three weeks ago. No. It's uh, like a twilight ago, zone thing. You just got to let it happen. Or even the now of earlier uh, earlier this issue. Uh, well, this is my hole at the bottom right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your penance. This is your... This, this is my this, penance for being correct about this, Lana? This is your villain origin <laughs> story. This is my villain origin. This is it. <laughs> so we uh, we have the three the three teenagers trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, Lori even has a quick little hit in on Miles where she's like, I met the first Spider-Man, you know, no way he would have missed shooting me with a web like you did. Fucking dragging him. <laughs> Dragged. Lori does not need to swear, even though I wish she would swear more. Uh, to continue to be an absolute menace to Spider-Man. Lana, I have a, I have a idea for why she doesn't swear. Okay. Who is the main person who told her that she swore too much? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Peter, Peter who's dead. And she went to school with Peter and she knew Spider-Man. So I like to think that like kind of subconsciously, she just doesn't swear as much because he's not around. I like that a lot. Kind of like a tribute. I, you know what? Head cannon. Cannon yeah. accepted. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, they then oh. clearly have made their way onto yeah. popular Hulu show Shorzy because a hockey puck lands right next to them and zaps the shit out of all three of them. Popular Hulu show? <laughs> yes. Are you fucking... With how much they advertise it? I don't think it's that popular. <laughs> you know it is very popular. And I watch it. I'll go watch it. <laughs> Everyone no, go watch Shorzy. Right. It's incredible. Shorzy. <laughs> Shorzy uh, sounds too much like Jersey. I ain't involved with it. No, it's not. It's Canadian. So No, I know, but it sounds too much like it, so I ain't involved. <laughs> wow, Malcolm, that's kind of fucked up that you just judge people based on their region. That's optics for that are not great. Hey, optics on that are not great. You're right. He's not well, look at Florida though. Like he's not wrong though. I mean, about Florida specifically, but that's like a single place. Yeah, but that's that's a region, though. I'm that's... just saying Jersey. Florida is a region. <laughs> well, I so... yeah. <laughs> Florida's a region. The region it's of not... Florida. Yeah, it's not a state. Let's be real. It's just the region <laughs> of Florida. And that's, that's basically lands. what it is. Yeah. The bad life. You it's must never definitely... go there. Yeah. You must never the, go the, the dead marshes, basically, dead marshes <laughs> there. I am so sorry. We have been doing this this book club for over a year now, and we have been pretty consistent in dunking on Floridians. If anyone who's listening to this is from Florida, I personally will apologize. I won't apologize for them because I know they won't mean it. But I apologize. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. For them. I apologize 15%, but I don't think we've dunked on Florida any harder than The Good Place did. 
So that <laughs> is true. And that show is an unmitigated. Because they took every 30 seconds to dunk on Florida. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> on. yes you yeah. are also, hey, wrong Florida, out. why don't you take a look at your politics and look at who's in charge there? And then you tell Woof. me if I shouldn't be dunking on you. All right. Woof. That's very yeah. true. Uh, yeah. So we see that they have been apprehended by Taskmaster looking absolutely dope as fuck. I love that. That mask, mask is so cool. Oh, it's, so it's, so good. Cool. it's just a flat mask. That's just like you pull down. Like Casey Jones. This is, this is this is paintball. Yeah, it's right. Casey Taskmaster. Yeah. <laughs> you have to strap up with the boys over the weekend. Oh but, he, my God. but he absolutely brings his own gear. Yes, he does. He has like a paint knife. (laughs) He dips in that wipes on people, and that's how he's like, Oh no, you're stab you with like I I stabbed you with paint. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just love he's like Spider Man, Spider Lady. This turned out to be one profitable day. I love it. Love it. Chapter twenty seven. Again, what if he sounded like Dr. Habert? Oh, oh. Give us an example. <laughs> hey, children. <laughs> That's so hey, awful. This turned out to be a profitable day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why did you add in the Seth Rogen laugh? Why? No, that's how Dr. Haber laughs. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very Barney from like the Flintstones almost. Yeah, almost, it's man. very Barney Rubble. He's Black Barney Rubble. Yes, sure. he. Oh my god. For sure, that's all he is. Yeah, all the performances. He's like Barney Rubble if he was a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Well, I'm just going to have to trip. Oh, my God. <laughs> so chapter t- chapter 27 kicks off with uh, a nice little quiet moment with Cloak and Dagger kind of going over everything. Uh, they knew that Lori's name Lana. was on some kind of list. So they stole a list. They've been tracking people down. All of a sudden, their really nice moment is interrupted by a boom. We cut back to Brooklyn. Nine minutes ago, not the nine minutes ago of year criminal. Year, year, year of a year later. Nine minutes ago, six months or three months ago. You're gonna make me your kill monger. Nine minutes ago of of three days ago, a day. I'm gonna start tattooing my skin for every time we do this morning. morning. Uh, I could see Mal I will pay turning that. into the killing joke joker with like just like, like <laughs> of just all the all the agos behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so twisted. Like that's exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> Jokerize me, baby. Uh, we see that Taskmaster is gloating over the bodies of the three teenagers he's apprehended, and goes to unmask Miles. But Miles, sick as fuck, hits the Venom Blast. Do you think he does it consciously? Yes, yeah. I don't, because he says Venom Blast still working. So lucky. Yeah, like, I think I think that is not a conscious thing that he did it. I think it's just completely just like his his you know nature fight or flight kind of thing that just did it. I don't think he consciously did it at all. Sometimes he can operate it, and sometimes it's involuntarily. On because involuntarily, yeah. Whenever he was like doing it specifically, he would do it from the fingers. This is from his face. How would he know how to control it out of his face? Especially if he hasn't been Spider-Man for like a year. That's fair. I think it's just a natural defense thing. That's fair. Yeah. 
And that's why there's no like dialogue beforehand going in being like, oh, you know, like, I, I, shoot, let me invite Venom Blast or something. It's yeah. afterwards. He's like, oh my God, that still works. That's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think he does it consciously. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Taskmaster doesn't care whether it, whether it's consciously or not because he picks up Miles by the head and yeets him off the building. <laughs> so sick. He's mad. He's, a He's mad so mad. Ugh. Uh, Miles does this really cool thing where he webs to a nearby light post while still paralyzed. And the framing of this is so very Ultimate Spider Man. So this cool. is classic Ultimate yep. Spider Man. So good. See Taskmaster looming over uh, Lori and Jessica, aiming his gun, about to fire on Jess when all of a sudden, smash! Mm-hmm. Miles hits a sick drop kick. Miles hits an Okada level drop kick on this man, sending him rolling across the uh, rooftop. Uh, Jess is able to get rid of the paralysis device and then just absolutely starts wailing on Taskmaster. Great, great sequential panels on this. It looks so good. It uh, The dynamic, God. it's so good. It's fantastic. God. It's a real ass kicking. Yep. She's so awesome. She she's the coolest. She's she's the cool. Her and Bombshell are the coolest. They really are. Just give us a ultimate Jessica Drew Bombshell book. They're gonna you know date. That, They're gonna that date. pitch I had last week. Add Bombshell. Add Bombshell. Add bombshell. It's the Ooh. backup. She's Ooh. the backup. backup. Guys, guys, no, hear me out. She's not the backup. She's currently in Shield custody when all of the power goes off. Oh, she has to go get a girlfriend. She has to fight oh. her way out. Oh, that's oh. so funny. Guys, hear me on this. Uh. I'd like to uh, hear me on this. Oh Ultimate God. heroes for hire. Jessica Drew and Bombshell. How about that? Ooh. You shut your dirty mouth. That's such a good fucking I idea. I love that idea. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. I love that. Love the development of that. Oh, my God. I'd read the fuck out of that. <laughs> you get like, you eventually get like Power Man and Luke Cage into that somehow. Uh, and probably, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Luke that Cage would be so Iron awesome. Fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, even though oh, Jessica lays the ultimate smackdown on Taskmaster, he just gets right back up. And he is the terrifying. fucking broken mask. And he's, he picks up his head, all like Phantom of the Opera and starts he's wailing like, on his head. Oh, my like, God. Like, it also looks like his he- his neck is broken. But but like, yeah. Yeah, like it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And he just starts beating all these children. At a certain point, Miles tries to hit him with another Venom Blast. And it doesn't seem to work. And then Taskmaster unveils his ace in the hole. He's a metahuman. He's got powers, baby. And he takes the Venom Blast that Miles gave him, redirects it, and shocks the hell out of Jessica. That's so cool, too. He's like, oh, so you just haven't, you, you haven't figured out who I am. You have no idea who I am. Because if you did, you know that this was your fault. Like, it just hits her with oh. it. So sick. Which begs the question, is Taskmaster just Bishop? yeah i mean there is an ultimate bishop but yeah yeah it seems like he is whatever you put into him he yeah he's got the bishop powers yeah yeah he's the ultimate uh the ultimate i'm rubber your glue yes yeah you know this also feels this feels kind of like ultimate doc ock the way his like um his like 
metal powers, you know, like mental yeah. powers, like accumulating like metal yeah. to, to make his own. Oh, you mean the arms? Yes. The metal arms? The metal arms? Very, very much like Justin Media. Hammer. Oh, I miss him so Can much. Can you believe that was almost a year ago? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that wild? We've been in the Ultimate Universe for a year, guys. We really have. Yeah. And what an ultimate universe has been. <laughs> what an ultimate, ultimate year it's universe. Been. Ultimate city. The city of dreams. The city of dreams. <laughs> you can make it here. You can make it anywhere. You can ultimately make it anywhere. <laughs> Let's hear it for New York. Concrete ultimate jungle New where York. dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do except for maybe survive a drown. <laughs> A one singular drown. One drown. One singular drown. They don't call it a flood there. They call it a drown. A drown. They call it a drown. <laughs> uh, so Miles grabs Jess, uh, pulls her off to the side, unmasks her to make sure she's okay. Because her she's face is on okay. fire. Yeah. Yes. She looks like Dormammu. <laughs> yeah. Or Clea. Or Clea. Clea. Yeah. Uh, make Clea the third member of Heroes for Hire. Oh, fuck. But it's 616, clear. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Read Strange, everybody. Good book. It's so good. Holy shit, that Wong issue was incredible. That was the fucking greatest. (laughs) Uh, We find out that Jessica's more than okay. She's pissed. And then we get maybe my favorite... Like, this is one of my favorite pages of the entire volume. (laughs) Yeah, she got a cute face. She got a very cute face. She's such a cutie patootie. Uh, we see Taskmaster <laughs> aiming his gun at the two teens, and then he suddenly hears, seriously, don't even. And he goes, oh, yeah, you. And he turns around, and fucking bombshells charging up to Blast. He goes, oh, yeah, me. And fucking detonates. So cool. I so love tight. this moment. So tight. Uh, but it does nothing, unfortunately. Uh uh taskmaster ends up and he's like huh nice i just noticed he has a hair lip yeah yeah uh, yeah he He does does. i didn't notice that before yeah oh interesting that's interesting huh that might have just something you don't see in comics that might have just happened also too wait a second i'm I'm gonna go back and i'm gonna look no he's had it oh he's had it okay he's had it interesting that's cool that is cool yeah, he's had it. That's really interesting. Huh. Uh, Taskmaster like starts to charge up his own bombshell blasts when he gets both of his hands and his head thwipped and thwapped, uh, restrained by these spiders. But unfortunately, the bomb he was making didn't go away. He was making a boom, boom, bomb. He was making a boom, boom, bomb. He's, boom, he's boom. clearly just boom, boom. God, when, I love this character more and more. When we get Bendis on at the end of the year, uh, we'll have to ask him about Stop that. promising that. <laughs> Stop promising that. It's going to happen. I don't have those connections. It's, it's gotta just going to happen. It's we can just third call times... Jason and ask him. Yeah. Jeez. Also, like, third hey, time's the charm. We need you to do one more favor. <laughs> <laughs> so, explosion uh, ripples out. Everybody's trying to pin this guy down. Uh, Miles is able to pin him down momentarily when all of a sudden Taskmaster gets stabbed by some light daggers. Dagger and cloak are on the scene. And even though uh, Taskmaster is about to use uh, daggers light energy against them, uh, cloak goes, nope, 
and just eats him. Cloak the All Black consumes this man. <laughs> the Necro Bull. The Necro Cloak. Cloak, yeah. Uh, basically, he, and he, I love the reaction to it, too. He's standing there, and Miles goes, Hold on, did, did you just eat that guy? <laughs> and fucking Cloak goes, oh, I don't think so. And I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, he's like, wait, hold on. There he is. And he just drops him out of the cloak unconscious. He's like, oh. Cloak is very so much, cool. It's cloak very so much cool. uh, uh, the Darkwing from uh, from yeah. Invincible, where he, uh-huh. like, he went into the shadow world. Darkwing Duck? Oh, yes. sure. Sure, yeah. He's, he's the terror that flaps in the night. Mm-hmm. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> Uh, just then, uh, we got some police helicopters showing up while Jessica is able to get evidence from Taskmaster that Roxxon hired him to kill children. She goes through his text, which is kind of unchill. It's yeah. it's a like I know she's a for government sure. agent, but like, who do you think you are? Like Lucius Fox at the end of the Dark Knight? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> this isn't a city state, you fascist. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> what a take. What? <laughs> I don't know why I chose to tear down like my favorite character. <laughs> chose to tear her down and sided with the Karens earlier in the volume too. This yeah. is not a great, great episode for you optics wise. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to be sweating this one. This, this, hundred percent, hundred percent. So the, the teens decide. Okay, look, we need to go take rocks on down. They jump out, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear. We're the kids in America. Whoa. Hell yeah. We're the kids in America. Hell yeah. It's the Digimon movie trailer, baby. <laughs> Bitch, don't. <laughs> I fucking love Digimon. Yeah, me too. Digimon's way better than Pokemon, bro. No, I'm Digi- right there with you. The Digimon movie, that soundtrack was <sighs> fundamental to my taste in music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely iconic. That was me discovering modern music. Yeah. That was where I discovered the Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. It's been one week since you uh-huh. looked at me. God. Not the week of one year ago. Or the week you're, of you're one a criminal. Year later. You're a, you're a criminal. One... <laughs> you're, you're going to jail. I'm, no. I'm going to call the police. Finish it. it. Finish or the it. Week of six months ago. Finish or the week it. Of three Shut up, Norman. The... <laughs> <laughs> if I've got the support of Norman Osborne, then I'm set, man. Then you know I'm you're in set. the wrong. <laughs> No, because I've got the Golden Goblin backing me up now. Hey, kids, Golden go read Gold Goblin from this week because it was freaking awesome. <laughs> Golden Goblin. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I love this this final splash page with uh, oh, the teens heading off. It's so good. I need this team. I need this team right now. There's a book this for book. this team. No, there's not. There is a book for this team. Uh, is it there's good? a book for this team. It's called All New Ultimates. If memory serves this bad. <laughs> oh, oh, that's too bad. Because that I think sucks. you need the magic of Bendis and Marquez for this team and for this book. Did they I not would, write the book? Uh, no, it is uh, Michael Fief, I think, who did it. It's like the guy who did Copra. Which not the Copra, Fief. Like, Cobra, yeah, he's a real thief of a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> like Knockoff Suicide Squad. It's Gross. like the Suicide Squad. So they, they brought him in to do it. And uh, I don't remember their first name. Pina is the last name uh they did the art and it, it's like not attractive and uh, 
it, it's super lame. I, I, I hated it. That's unfortunate. I may need to reread it. I've been thinking about rereading it just because yeah. I love this team. Like, I love right. this grouping so much. But yeah, that book was super mid. And it only lasted like 12 issues. Like, it's, it's pretty short, but. Because I could definitely see this team as like, you know, uh, would be defenders, great. you know. New defenders. Mm-hmm. They are specifically all new ultimates for a reason, which we'll yes. understand after next week. Uh, so we go to uh, chapter 28, final chapter of this volume. We cut over to Roxon Industries, where Mr. Roxon is being physically carried out by his security. I didn't notice this the first time I was reading it, but if you look in that middle panel, he is being hoisted up by his security off the floor. He pays he, he pays leave. the money to do that for every doorway that he has to go into. Jesus. Exactly. He pays uh, them. Just he says, then, okay, carry me. <laughs> just then they they hear from outside, they're like, What is that? What's that music? Is that rage against the machine all of a sudden they burst through the window fuck you i won't do what you tell me like it is incredible i love seeing this team together like legit like i've never been a cloak and dagger guy but i have 100 being been a spider woman and bombshell guy so seeing them paired up with spider-man oh chef's kiss uh really nice touch here first off i love seeing all the logos all the logos are great but i love that the spider woman logo is the top of the spider and the spider man logo is the bottom of the spider i did not notice that that's fucking amazing and that fucking rips dude that (laughs) That drives so hard that is is the maximum rippage man oh all of these logos rule yeah I love it. It's it's so I love the cloak and dagger specifically. Uh, the cloak and dagger great. being like the old school logo is yeah, so, looking like old school sixties so logo art. Um, so they get in there and Roxon goes to what he knows best, uh, being a verbal incel on Twitter, uh, just spewing hateful bullshit. Mm-hmm. But also notably, he knows who Miles is. He references Miles' mom. Uh, the security goes to apprehend them. Uh, Dagger uses her light daggers to down two of them. The other two are like, fuck this, and they leave. I love that. I love that they're the guy in Iron Man 3 who's like, honestly, these they people are, are so, so weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just dips. God, more more rules. henchmen should be like that. That movie rules. Yes, so that hard. movie does rule. It's the best. <laughs> uh, and then we get the fucking egregious bullshit where jessica's basically like look the only thing that's stopping these children from kicking the shit out of you is me and fucking mr Roxon goes i paid men to create you in a petri dish you are a sea monkey my sea monkey and fucking stone cold jessica drew goes best you got so sick and he goes further. He's like, you're going to go to jail and no one will visit you because you're not even real. And Miles is like, all right, fuck this guy. Webs him and just launches him out. Launches him out the building. Just and as he does, the window. So cool. eats him out of the window, turns around and says, I'm Miles Morales and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It really does look I like I fucking it. love it. I don't know if it was a digital or not, but the shape that his webs make. That's so funny. It's oh Disney God. Channel. It's oh incredible. God. That That's is really so good. funny. <laughs> Everybody's God. like, did you just fucking kill that guy? He's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I saw it in a movie once. They're like, 
what movie? He goes, yeah, you know, the Hannah Montana movie. You know, that's when that. Yeah. (laughs) And he fucking backflips off. Such a Nightwing move, referencing Hannah Montana and doing backflips off buildings. He's just like, I don't know, guys. I feel like I just got the best of both worlds. And then just dips out the back. (laughs) He's like, hey, you know what? With this guy, it's not about the fall. It's all about the climb. And just backflips off. Backflips off. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get... A uh, three-page sequence of Roxon just hanging and Miles just watching him. And he's just spewing all this hateful bullshit. And it shows he's fucking powerless. He's got nothing. Yeah. Legit, all he has is his hateful, hateful nature. And that's not doing him any good. Connections. That's all he's got. Yep. Uh, which could be a problem when the police roll up in their police helicopters. However... Fucking Jessica Drew, League of Her Own, calls in a shield and says, uh, we have a situation with the NYPD. I need you to get them to stand down. And they do. The choppers just fly away. That's so sick. I love that bit, too, of him just being like, you see, you're a boy in a mask, and I am a leader of men. And then the chopper goes like, wait, where, where are they going? <laughs> I was like, I guess they had somewhere else to be. Huh. Weird. And he's just like, no. Or it's more like, no. 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 <laughs> oh, God. He's just throwing a fit. <laughs> uh, back up top, our uh, new defenders are confronted by the Frightful Four. Layla Miller, Nathaniel Essex. Samuel Stearns and Arnim Zola the third. Samuel Stearns doing a stanky leg. <laughs> He's hitting him with the stanky leg right there. <laughs> was that fucking 2009, 2010? Hitting him with the stanky leg. <laughs> That's right about the time. That's right about the time. Fucking Malcolm's doing it. This isn't a video podcast. He's fucking doing it just to pop us. Stanky <laughs> <laughs> It's oh so God. funny. I keep looking at the panel and seeing it. <laughs> it's, it's the stank. It's ah. like it's the way he's leaning on the cane. It's just the right amount of stank. Yeah, it's just the perfect <laughs> amount of stank. Like, oh, God. It's, it's real good. He's like, you damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me nay nay. And then crying. you're like, oh, no. It's over there. With the cane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you damn kids with your comfort challenge. This is the original comfort challenge. Just, just doing a stanky leg. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking stupid. The turns aside and goes, Kiki, do you love me? Are you right? <laughs> Dance challenge. He puts his hand up. <laughs> just and it just goes I imagine him singing like like Herbert the Pervert from from Family Guy. Well, just woke up, and you got to do Beyonce and everything. Oh God! He's like, I don't really have powers. I just wanted to make you guys watch. I've I've been working really hard on this. I'm trying to get my granddaughter to pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) I signed up for Talk Tick and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Talk Tick. 
he's like i have like 120 followers they all go to my church but i think it's kind of a big deal (laughs) (laughs) i'm crying Oh my god. Oh god. Like I just heard about this cinnamon challenge. We're gonna try it out. Oh god. Dump this bucket of water all over me. We gotta make a challenge out of it. He's like, I don't remember why I'm doing this, but dump the water. Dunk the water. It's gonna be good. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck, it's so stupid. I love every bit. <laughs> They're like, before we gotta fight, I gotta put my music on. You hear black pink in your area. <laughs> doing a soldier boy because he doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Give me all of this. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess Samuel Stern's based as fuck. I don't get it. (laughs) I guess the Sigma male. (laughs) We did a whole 180 on this guy. I can't believe it. (laughs) Maybe he's okay. That's why he's called the leader, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So basically... I'm dead. <laughs> Basically, there's a ballroom blitz. Uh, Samuel Stearns, after <laughs> giving everyone their dance tutorials, hulks out, uh, goes to attack, and Cloak says, nope, and eats the man. Mm-hmm. And just goes, next. And I love his fucking Tron glow. It's so cool. It's so it's cool. So cool. What a cool design for Cloak. He looks so way cooler cool. here than he does in 616. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, we get the next page of which the top panel peak. Yeah. Peak yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. Wall if Twitter paper. was a thing, this would be like my Twitter banner. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad by the time this goes up, Twitter's going to be a smoldering crater. Yeah. <laughs> so the battle ensues, and it's really just a one page battle. They yeah. whoop these nerds. Yeah, our team just whoops them, spanks they them. They fucking hard. dunk these nerds. It is. I love the dagger incredible. right in the middle of Arnim Zola's head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, get fucked. <laughs> so, and also Jessica uh, knocks out, oh, just knocks out Layla, Layla Miller with nose. the Guy Gardner special. Yeah, just yeah. breaking her nose like you can tell that it's a break the, yep. the guy gardener special that's amazing i love that's that so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh just then shield shows up put everybody under custody yeah now uh, they show up yes yeah. <laughs> jessica's like uh you guys should go you gotta get out of here and i love how excited Lori is about this she's like we should text each other we should do this again let's make a list of people to beat up and go beat them up and you just hear the how many people want to kick some ass as we get like a montage? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it. Uh, then we get, I love this. We get, we cut back to Brooklyn Visions Academy. Uh, Genki is reading Tony Stark, Man of Iron, when Miles comes in through the window wearing his Spider Man costume. And Genki is just overjoyed. 
grabs his friend and he's like, just tell me you're back for real. Tell me this is for real. And Miles says, I am Spider-Man. The best page in the entire run. God, it's so good. That's what I'm saying. That theme hits perfectly for me. I, I really love it more. Because MCU this. Spider-Man should have been Miles. I, I agree with 100%, that. 100%. Every, t- every time we go through this, I'm like, oh, this is... It was this, robbed. This is interesting. But they'll never do that. So we cut back to the Davis household because something that happened prior to the big dust up has been sitting with Miles. Uh, Mr. Roxon mentioned that he knows stuff about Jefferson, about Miles' dad. He says, maybe you should ask your father about the old days. Maybe ask your father about who he was before you were born. I don't know what this means. I assume that it is going to uh, play into the fact that Jefferson like wiped out those Hydra guys. But I don't know what this means, and I am very excited to find out. Uh, just yeah, in time knows? for Jefferson to have a shave and start wearing his glasses again. It's true. Yeah. As he's carrying around his iPad. Yep. Like all adults did in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Sleeping <laughs> with the iPad. Uh, we cut back to uh, Shield HQ, where Jessica is given the debrief for the mission. Or at least the incident that just happened. And uh, Director Chang is not happy. And she's like, look, do you know that we do business with Roxxon? And Jessica goes, oh, that's above my pay grade, ma'am. I'm sure that if you knew Roxxon was kidnapping children and experimenting on them, you would cease all business. Fucking power move. She's a goat. Power move. She's a goat. Uh... Chang immediately shifts, immediately just shifts the conversation, changes subject. She's like, and who were these children you had deputized for your operation? And Jessica says, so very glad you asked. I think we have something here. I think we have the beginnings of something very special. Lining them up for that beautiful friendship. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Anyway, yeah, I I love that scene. I love it. It's really it again. Jessica knows how to play the game with Hell yeah, so good. Uh, but that does it for this volume. Uh, one of my favorites for sure. Um, incredible volume. A story about grief, a story about loss, a story about um, healing from trauma. And it's ju- it's wonderful. Really, genuinely a wonderful, wonderful story. And a story uh, about how you got to be who you are in this world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the the moments that we get from these characters and it's not just miles people stepping out and accepting who they are as people is just a great fucking i love this story absolutely fucking adore it but with that being said uh that does it for this volume gentlemen final thoughts on this volume and uh give me your best moment start with jacob oh man okay 
This volume is my new favorite volume. It, uh, it, it, it I love, I Hell love yeah. the grieving. I love the grieving uh, times and episodes of like characters. That's why uh, the 12th Doctor uh, Heaven Sent is one of my favorite uh, episodes. It's my favorite ultimate episode of all Doctor Who because of just how the time it takes for the main character to uh-huh. understand how to grieve and be uh, get references from the other characters. A lot like Miles in this. He he. Everyone wants him to be back as, stu- as Spider-Man, but he's like, I'm not there yet, and I don't want to do this, you know. And 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 it's great. It's it. Between that, um, Cloak and Dagger being like a, a, a pinnacle point in my in this because of how good I, I'm not into them. I was never really into them before this. And right. now I want to actively want to watch the show and get more involved with this. Um, Taskmaster is one of my top favorite villains. I'm so proud and happy to see this ultimate version of this. Like, good God, this send this guy to a zombie apocalypse. Like, seriously. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, God, wouldn't that be great? Taskmaster versus the Marvel zombies. That'd be pretty fun. Oh, that right. would be good. Uh, that and, like, my favorite moment is, like, how childish are and how... I'm going to say that it's not a particular moment, but it's actually just a character. Uh, the Mr. Roxon in this is become my, uh, was my favorite part because of just like how much like he, he's just a child, but he's like a child. Yes. He's a child, like uh, Osborne in, in the sense of like taking that step uh, in Miles's life. Like he is our Osborne yeah. to, to Miles, mm. which would be really upsetting if this character ends up turning into the green goblin. But um Ugh. Uh, yeah, but he would be all whiny and be like, "Nah, see here, Spider Man. I am the Spider Man. <laughs> I am the Green Goblin." It's kind of what I see with him becoming. But ultimately, this is great. This is my new favorite volume. Um, this is pretty much the. I, I will. We were trying to say this isn't the peak of like Miles, but like I, I definitely get like the why miles is now spider-man mm-hmm. from this volume like this sure. is him permanently signed up for being the spider-man for this world he That's is now I'm... the spider-man yeah the spider-man 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 in That's new york man. city city of dream <laughs> you, can make it here, you can make it anywhere <laughs> let's hear it for new york uh malcolm Final thoughts and your I love part? this. Vo- I love this volume. I think it's perfect. It's a perfect volume. Uh, favorite bit, probably, probably Genki uh, snapping Miles out of it, like nice. finally getting through to him and snapping him out of it. I think that's especially this week. Like, like we've been talking about. You know, this is this volume is all about grief and how you process your grief and how people process grief differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that this is a good thing to read this week in helping you figure out how you process your grief. Agreed. Um, this was this was a perfect, like a really perfect time to read this. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it was it was absolutely it was one of those it's weird like to call it a comfort read, but I think with everything that happened, like it was absolutely a necessary read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is Miles's biggest step into overcoming something that could have broken him and did break him. Mm-hmm. Um, the lessons about grief, about uh, community, about having a support system are incredible. 
Uh, I love bringing the team together. It felt natural. It felt cinematic. Mm. Um, the backstories for everybody. I love. I fucking love Bob Shell so much. Uh, Bob She's Shell the rules. coolest. She's the really coolest. Cool. Um, but for me, I think my favorite part was that that monologue that Jess gives, affirming herself and her own identity. Mm. She is not Peter Parker. She is Jessica Drew. Being able to let yeah. that aspect go, releasing it, so that she can be her own person without that kind of uh that kind of association i think is really cool and features a step for her uh that i hope is followed up on and i hope that they continue to you know in the story take her in that direction because i love that character and i think that she deserves the world yeah and deserves to be in every adaptation give me another book give me an animated series put her in across the spider-verse do it she is one of the biggest consequences of of uh the ultimate universe being destroyed 100% is that that character is very hard to pull off now yeah because of that which is a real shame cuz she's yeah. she's a fantastic character yeah uh but yeah that does it for this week but before we get into into uh the next book we're going to be reading uh we've got some emails which means Malcolm what time is it uh you'll never guess <laughs> uh wow Listen, you're, finding me, you're finding me at a really weird moment where i don't have anything good for this one um so i guess i'm just gonna say uh it's mail time and hopefully i'll have something better next time i apologize you know what you gave it your best that's what matters man i was i was honest Honestly, yeah honesty is the best policy rather than just like pull it right out of your ass you're just like look i'm gonna be real honest listen, um, i'm gonna be honest phone it in you today phone it in. I, listen you get a malcolm russell nelson you're, you're getting a real goddamn deal yes <laughs> uh if Put you want on to be part of the that's on your uh, card your business card <laughs> real goddamn deal please give that to interviews when you're looking for a new job right yeah, bring that in your, bring that that quote with you everywhere you go that's yeah, your i will on. bring it everywhere yeah and this, what do you think you'll be beneficial to the company here? Uh, Listen, honestly, you're getting the real goddamn deal. <laughs> <laughs> really? Welcome to the company, Mr. <laughs> would you like to be president? Yes. Exactly. Yes, I would. <laughs> Give what me your badge again? and gun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you want to be part of the Geeksplained Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put ultimate mailbag or book club mailbag in the subject header and we will read it here our first email comes from good old brother jacob goodhart hey goodhart fellow jake jacob writes thank you so much for answering my question i'm really sorry to hear how you've all been affected in some way by a creator whose wrongful views impacted a comic you enjoy he had a uh a mm-hmm. email last week about uh the whole idea of separating an art from an artist great uh, discussion i yes. want to listen to that twice yeah, yeah. It, was, it was actually a really nice one. Yeah. Uh, he writes, I'm just a white dude from the middle of nowhere, so I sometimes feel self-conscious about these things, and I'm glad to get some people who have been affected by these sorts of situations perspective. Now, on a lighter note, I spent the last week going through the latest God of War game and had an absolute blast. I think I'm going to go back and check out the Days of Thunder because of it. 
Hey! Yeah! Hope I really want to play Ragnarok so bad. Dude, I am currently replaying the first game, which... I just did the that. ...fourth game, uh, yeah. because I wanted to refresh, because I haven't touched that game since 2018. That but... was me as well. I, I just did that, like, last week. So oh, I was like, oh, I want to play It's so game. good. I've got it's it so sitting, good. sitting, waiting for me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm really proud, because this time I didn't cry at the end. Hey! Mm, apparently, yeah. you're going to be crying at the beginning, from what I hear. So... Shit! Uh... <laughs> He writes, I've also picked up the J.M. DiMatteis Spider-Man Lost Hunt book that came out. It was was everything I could want. A married Peter and MJ expecting a chuckle while Peter reconciles all the surprise trauma of being Spider-Man now that he doesn't have his powers. Oh, and someone is going to hunt him, but who cares? I'm here for the interpersonal drama. Speaking of Spidey. Yeah. Speaking of Spidey, this is the part of the Miles Morales era of Spider-Man that that things get a little confusing. Mainly because they have like three number ones within the span of five years or something. <laughs> anyway, this is actually where I stopped reading Miles because back then I didn't understand how relaunches work and thought each one was a different universe or something. My question for this week is thankfully not as serious and a little bit more fun. Recently, I found a bookstore near my college that has hundreds of old books with a huge range of old books. Like the entire Tarzan book series, I just picked up the Dude Messiah while there. This Ooh, is what nice. I'm wondering. Very nice. If you could take an old story and retell it, what would you do with it? I'd really like to retell the story of John Carter of Mars. The idea of someone being transported to another planet is something that a lot of fiction has covered. And modernizing that story would could get creative and maybe have John Carter of Mars be what actual Mars is in the modern day or something. Keep on keeping on, Jacob Goodhart. Malcolm, you got something? Oh, you took mine. Uh, that was the first thing I thought of was John Carter. <laughs> I, love, I love John Carter. I'm, That's a I, good I, pull, I Jacob. That. That's a really good pull. Uh, damn, I'll try to think of something else then. Oh, I got one. So Perfect. I'm a big fan of uh, Treasure Island, and I always thought, how would it be cool to put it in space? So, um, <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, really Jacob, cool. Jacob, 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 oh, Jacob, like Jacob, like Jacob, 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 what? What? Yeah, you know, it'd Jacob, be great. No, you, know, Jacob, Jacob, you can make Jacob, the map a robot. Jacob, Oh, you know what would be Jacob, really good is that? Jacob. What if you got like Martin Short to be like, yeah, oh, yeah, guys, so guys, 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 uh, guys, they, I, I hate to break this to you. They already made this. What? what? Yeah, Disney made it. It's called Treasure Planet. Oh, huh. God damn it. Okay. Okay, what about... Okay, what, about um, what about 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where they basically find, like, it's like a cross between 2,000 Leagues in the Old Sea and, like, the Lost World, and you, like, find, uh, 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 like, a hidden civilization uh, the da, 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 Atlantis uh, and everything. J- 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 like, oh, like that's Michael a good J. Fox. That's a good idea. That would be really cool if Michael J. Fox could have done it, because, you know, he hasn't done a lot of things. Jacob, That'd be really good. They already made that movie, too. It's called Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Huh? Fuck! Okay, you know what? Okay, uh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Right. I got okay, one. Michael, I got you one. got one. one. You got one. Okay, so in the eighties, there was this movie called Tron, which was uh, one of my favorite it, movies of all time. Amazing movie, super advanced. They never did a sequel. So what if we did like a sequel uh, where like it, it's it's you know the wait. the lead character in the Tron movie was Kevin Flynn. So what right. if we did a sequel is like Kevin Flynn's uh, son. Uh, Right, uh, like, Malcolm, and his oh, son is going into the grid for the first time. Uh, Malcolm, 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 right? And then, and and yeah, you know, we Malcolm, we could have Malcolm, Kevin Malcolm, Flynn come back. Malcolm, Wait, Malcolm, I got an even better idea. Malcolm, okay. Malcolm, Malcolm. Kevin Flynn's avatar in that movie was cool. Right? Oh god, 
What if Clue is actually the bad guy? Uh, Malcolm, 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 like, Malcolm, and he's kind Malcolm. of become like a desperate. What? Uh, they uh, they did make a sequel to Tron. It's called Tron Legacy, and it's and, one of the best movies of all time. And it's one of the best <laughs> Disney movies, absolutely ever yeah. made. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, but for real, like. That's not based on a book. <laughs> 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 oh, that's not based on literature. Anyway. It should be. Uh, <laughs> it should be. I um I actually do have I do actually have one. Uh, I really I love I'm a big fan of the Time Machine by H. G. Wells. Nice. I think nice. that is a great book, and I think uh like I, I know there's been two movies that I know of the Guy Pierce one, and then the really old one which was made in the 60s and 50s. Yeah. Um, I would love to redo that now in that concept in the same same idea but but blend it more in the sense of um uh uh the old movie and the new movie uh in the sense of like i one of my favorite things in the old movie was like you would see the passage of time and you would see like the evolution of man and how it becomes and like futures and everything like that you see civilizations civ uh, the civilization rise and then fall and crumble from like catalysts of things that happen i just really love time travel a lot and i really would like to see like a kind of more uh modern take of that same idea of the time machine where it doesn't move or anything it has to stay in one place but just being in this one spot and seeing the rest of the world like the way time affects it it's just it's just very fascinating that you can see that happening rather than just like you're in a closed space like at the tardis and you don't really see anything but then like all of a sudden you open it up and you're in a new world or a new yeah. new new area I, I i i think it's brilliant that's that'd be cool yeah. yeah i i love that concept i think that's a great pick yeah yeah you know what i actually do have an idea okay um being a theater actor i obviously had to uh read a lot of shakespeare so one of my favorite uh, Shakespeare stories was uh, Taming of the Shrew. And yes. I think that they should modernize Taming of the Shrew and make it uh, kind of modernize it and make it an actual like uh, a rom-com. So they wait, take Taming of the Shrew wait, and wait, they, wait, no, maybe no. if you want to okay. like capture the young <laughs> audience, you could uh, put it in a high school, make it like Eric, high school Eric, Eric, uh, Eric, love no, story Eric, Eric, where you're trying to get Eric, these two characters who Eric, no, shouldn't buddy, work. Buddy, uh, they, you even no, have that. No, you know what? You know they should it, even include a musical number it, it, with uh, uh, "I Can't done. Take My Eyes Off You." Nope, I think it's. Nope, it, it, it I think it would be. I think it'd be. They did that. They did that. Yeah, they they did that. You're thinking of ten things I hate about you. Fuck! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was... No, we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah. Jacob, <laughs> thank you for the th for, thank you for the email. I hope you enjoyed our one actual answer. Can I, um, can, I, can I actually say that my dream one has already been done? What is it? One of my favorite books is Fahrenheit 451. Nice. Uh, that's probably like my oh, second yeah. favorite book, like of all time. Yeah. Um, and there is a really great uh, remake of that in Equilibrium. Nice. Equilibrium is basically just Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Fahrenheit 451 movie with, with Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Jordan. I was like, no, I still haven't watched bad. that, actually. It's yeah. bad. I heard it's really bad. I, <laughs> I haven't watched it. I haven't seen it, but I still think the Jet Jackson episode is still my favorite Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> hey, yo, there you go. Oh, that God. is like such Jet a Jackson. Why does Jet Jackson keep coming up? <laughs> <laughs> 
because it's the only episode I remember from that show that was so very poignant. That Jet Jackson keeps coming up on this. That's so <laughs> funny. So uh, we're going to move on to the next letter uh, written by Bry. Good brother, Bry. Uh, he writes, Malcolm, you're just... He's quoting us from last week. Malcolm, you're just like DC. You need to have Batman put into everything. Ah, oh, damn it. Quote from me. Uh, <laughs> he said, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This one made me chuckle when I first heard it. And the worst part is that it's actually true. Malcolm is absolutely correct about both Steel and Martian Manhunter being boring in isolation. Thank you. Uh, he's now referring back to the email he wrote last week about different ships. He said, as for the inclusion of Bruce Wayne into the ship of uh, Diana and Zatanna, I'm one of the few who didn't particularly like that ship. I used to love that ship as a child. Now I just find it boring and vanilla. Sorry. Y'all. Which one? I think he means both of them. Okay, fair enough. Bruce, anybody. He said, plus, after listening to a podcast named Gotham Outsiders with an asexual focused speaker at the helm, it convinced me of the reading that Bruce is asexual. Although that's not to say that asexuality is devoid of romantic relationships because i know a lot of aces who are in a relationship we actually know them as well not mm-hmm. i'm not saying the specific people that you know is what we know yeah yeah uh, <laughs> our, our first our first uh creator interview on the mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. uh with uh uh rowan stein. yeah rowan stein. stein um he writes, my question for the podcast this week is I first discussed on the previous question I sent about how I think Martian Manhunter should be a permanent mainstay of the Superman supporting characters and how I think Zatanna is better utilized in Wonder Woman's cast. So my question is what the other hero, what other hero could be used effectively if he, she was plucked into an existing hero's world and cast? The answer should be reserved for characters without any recognition or said character doesn't have supporting network around him or her. Likewise, I would love to know your thoughts on the two heroes I mentioned earlier, if they're a good pick for their worlds and ideas deals many thanks for reading bry uh yeah i do agree uh martian manhunter would be great in the superman family and Wonder woman with her mysticism would be really interesting to incorporate or zatanna to incorporate into uh in the Wonder Wonder stuff. family yeah, yeah like that yeah agreed i'm into that uh, are there any characters that you think are kind of solo acts that should be should be part of a greater whole I mean, the obvious answer is you got to put Grifter in the Bat family. <laughs> Fuck, Malcolm. Stop it. Stop it now. It's amazing. Uh, I hate oh, it. Um, I don't think there's really too many solo act characters anymore. Do you know Which what I mean? It's kind of a shame. It's yeah. kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. I think they. I think in the last like 10 years, comic companies have done so much to build up families of characters yeah i don't really think that's very much of a thing anymore i can't really think of too you know it's actually a a really good one um you should take black canary and put her in the deathstroke family um oh yeah okay that sounds good (laughs) yeah it sounds good it's a bad idea it's a bad idea i liked that book i i thought the book was fun it was I stupid, but it was fun. <laughs> I disagree. I think it was a bad idea. Um, they. I was going to say, honestly, when I first read this, I was like, I really want to see Keenan Kong in the Teen Titans family. Because I think that would be really cool to have that. But now he's being incorporated into the Superman family proper. And I... And that's better. And I, I'm just winning. Right has, yeah. has Tim... I have a question. Has Tim Drake ever been a part of the Teen Titans? It's yes. Just Dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just making sure. I thought it was. I thought it was always. Oh, yeah. I thought it was always Dick Grayson. I don't know why. Oh yeah, no, no. Pretty much every Robin to. In uh, fact, I mean, you know, Tim actually very... founded the Teen Titans. 
I hate you. I hate you so much. As we learned in the new 52. I hate you so much. I hate you. You're the worst. You are toxic. You are incredibly toxic. You know what? Toxic. You know what? That's that's way better still. Anyway. Um Whoa, I will not be having this dick. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Sorry, sorry guys. I know where I know which dick I want. Anyway. Is this dunking on us again? I can't tell. Uh, you know what i'm actually gonna say uh, this you know this might be cheating but who gives a fuck um bring back ultimate jess and put her in the spider family i my first thought was ultimate jess but i kind of want better for her than the spider family do you know what i mean you'd be the spider family currently since they're trying to kill off the entire spider family now uh yeah just in like it's just gotten messy in general so i just want better than that that's fair that's fair but my first thought was oh yeah ultimate jess like easily like (laughs) But it, but yeah, it's tough. You're right. There's not a lot of like characters besides like a Zatanna or a Martian Manhunter that don't find themselves crossing over with everybody all the time. Um, uh, no, because he I guess he kind of has a family now. Damn, I was going to say Hawkeye, but like Hawkeye kind of has a family now. Yeah, they're called the West Coast Avengers and oh, okay. all of the other you all know- of the other children that he mentors. One thing I remember is like before the She-Hulk show and before they started promoting it, she wasn't really in anything other than like I she was in the Avengers. Yeah, but oh well, yeah, but I always saw for I don't know for some reason I only just saw her like in Howard the Duck as being like the private investor, a lawyer on the side and everything like that, and never yeah. really like being crossing into anybody else's like world and everything like that. You, you know, know what I mean? It, it it's interesting because like I don't feel like Marvel bases off like the family aspect when it comes to their characters everybody crosses over with everybody everybody's just like in dc there's like a very defined community more than superman family batman family so on and so forth yeah um so yeah that's more community than dc characters huh it is it's that's tough yeah i like the question to pop up a lot more in like batman stuff you know, but I also the would detective love stuff that would be interesting. Yeah. I also want better for him than that, though. Me too. That's you know, fair. I'm trying to think of I want like better for both. I want better. For I want better for both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want better yeah. for Renee Montoya than what she's yeah. currently doing. For oh, sure. Wow. For sure. Oh, that's funny. I wasn't even thinking of Renee. Want to take Renee, Renee Montoya. Montoya out of her propaganda book? Taking and... a big sage. Um. Oh. Uh, one of them. I think I've got one. Do it. Yeah. Ted Cord. See, I was thinking of two, but I didn't. I thought Where he would already. You put him? Yeah, Superman family. Ooh. Ooh, wow! I like that a lot. That is cute. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. Yeah, he's more wholesome Batman anyway. So yeah. final answer. Fun. Yeah, I lo- running tech support, especially with this new Superman family dynamic. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I want that. I want him to be their like Done. man in the chair who also gets shit done though. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Basically, their Batman. It's like, I yeah. would love. I would love Batman. to see a sequence where he has to suit up, a la uh, Alfred at the beginning of Tom King's Batman. Hell yeah! Where he has to like <laughs> run out. In the Batman oh god! <laughs> I would love to see that moment. That would be That's cool. Yeah. Funny. Final answer: Ted Cord and the Superman. Ted Cord and the Superman family. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, we also got an email from uh, Marcel Hines. Hi, Marcel. 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 
Uh, he writes, hey there, crew. Hope all is well. Glad to be here for another week and another show. Was never really a huge fan of Cloak and Dagger growing up, but this volume made them both very likable and relatable, and it's always great to see Bombshell. Kind of sucks how she's been so criminally underused now that she's in the 616. Oh, hey, uh -huh. another reason why they shouldn't have abandoned the Ultimate Universe. Really? Uh -huh. I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's, that's emblematic. Yep, uh, we'll get there. He writes, anyway, thank you all so much for the kind words last week. It really helped push me forward a little bit more and gave me the courage to put out the first episode of an audio show I've been plotting for a little while. Hey! hey. Good shit. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, congrats. He writes, like Eric did with Batman and Robin Reborn. Great episode, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I also reread one of my favorite comics to help put my own turning 30 into perspective. I chose Marjorie Liu's X-23 run from 2010. Great Fantastic. Book. Great book. Uh, wow. To me, Only this book one that should have that name. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, he writes To me, this run perfectly encapsulates the character of Laura Kinney and remains my favorite interpretation of her to this day. Though it's not perfect, mostly due to its premature cancellation and being trapped in the shadow of the Wolverine book running at the same time, mm -hmm. its overarching themes of self acceptance, identity, and finding a way to be useful instead of used still ring true for me to this day. Part of me hopes that Liu, Sana, Takeda, and uh, Phil Noto will come back to do another run with Laura, especially after her recent surge in popularity over the years since their run finished in 2012. But that remains a far-off dream for now. Oh, wait, wait, wait you, you wait, got in cut lieu off. Of a, there we go. In <laughs> lieu of a question this week, I have a series pitch that I wanted to share, partially inspired by the great Ultimate Spider-Woman pitch last week. You know, people have been really complimentary about that ultimate. Bro, fire. Really appreciate that. Fire. Really appreciate that. Fire. Um, uh, da, 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 da. For a little while, I've been playing around with the ideas for my own version of the Marvel Universe, mostly as a fun thought experiment to keep my mind active when I'm bored, as we all have at some point. So I thought I'd share a pitch I had for a Spider-Man book. Here goes. Here's the pitch. Two years ago, Spider-Man died, at least according to the tabloids. After one final climactic battle with his arch-nemesis Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, that spanned across the entire length of New York City, the friendly neighborhood wall crawler spun his last web. Some say he died that fateful night, others claim he retired, and some even say that he never existed in the first place, and Daredevil was doing all the work. Whatever the case, what happened to Spider-Man has been a very popular topic of conversation. Standing in the center of this mystery is one Teresa Elizabeth Parker, former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and sister of Peter Parker. With Ooh. all her leads dried up and no one in the superhero community talking, she is just about ready to pack it in. That is, until a brand new Spider-Man begins swinging around the city in a suit very similar to her brother's. With the help of, Jessica Dro of Jessica's Jones and Drew, Teresa will have to find the answer to the questions. To these questions. Who is this new Spider-Man? What really happened to Peter Parker? Is she really his sister? And what does this all have to do with a brand new startup company called Parker Industries and its CEO, Ben Riley? Spider-Man Through the Looking Glass, a six-issue limited series. My idea was that this would mostly be a mystery story since there aren't many that many in Spider-Man's history, to my knowledge, that would set up future stories at its conclusion. I also really wanted to use Teresa in something. I know she's not very popular, but I find her presence interesting, minus the chameleon conspiracy nonsense. That shit was whack. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just hasn't really been utilized all that much for one reason or another. Love to hear your thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent. All the best, and keep being awesome. P.S. Congrats again on the Blackbuster podcast, Malcolm. First episode was great. Can't wait to hear more. Hey, thank you. 
First things first. Totally agree. Great Thank job you. on that first episode. Fucking thanks, fuck. man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, new episode up maybe when you're hearing this. Hell yeah. 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 Good shit. Go check the feed. If not, then it'll be up like the day after. But yeah, I plan on recording it like later today. So hell yes. yes. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, that Spider-Man pitch sounds dope. Yeah, I love that. That's very. Uh, if if yeah. you haven't read it, uh, Marcel, check out uh, Daredevil End of Days. That reminds me of that like a lot. Oh. Really you. Uh, I like Daredevil End of Days. Okay. <laughs> I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> I think it's. I good. think that does a disservice to Marcel's pitch, but that's. Just oh, me. what? Oh, Harsh. I hope not. Harsh. I like that book. That's uh, real savage. Uh, <laughs> I like that book. It's it's you know it's it's. Uh, it sure is a book. Kane. Marcel, it's you, you know this concept that Marcel put out. It's very. It reminds me of a lot of. Um, uh, it's something that I kind of was trying to figure out after this three three volume Spider Man book. Uh, not three volume. It's a three novel, um, Spider Man book uh, involving the Sinister Six. Um, Ooh. and Ooh. and it's really good. It's about it's about the reforming of the Sinister Six when uh, Peter Parker is with Mary. It's, it's later in his life, like married with MJ and everything like that. But um, it is it's a three book volume of awesomeness in the sense of like you. There's a mysterious six member of the Sinister Six that is funded by the this man called the Gentleman. The Gentleman has this bodyguard named Pity. This girl who looks very similar to Peter Parker. And throughout the, this whole thing, you learn and find out that this woman is indeed the sister of, of, of Peter Parker, that this man found brainwashed and turned into his personal weapon. And at the end, it's kind of revealed that he finally finds out who that woman is, but you don't know what happens to her. She escapes. She goes off. It's very funny because the the last book and the last the last chapter in the last book has her encountering um, this hippie guy, uh, this guy with a uh, with an ascot on his on the side, this blonde oh, haired like white shirt, and this pretty right incorporated. Yes, exactly. It meets like they meet. She literally meets the mystery incorporated and their dog. So and then they right away they like that's do you funny. need some help do you need oh, yeah. to get somewhere it's like yeah and that's oh, yeah. how it ends uh your concept Marcel is like I'm about I'm about the idea of like Peter Parker's sister I really love the Hell, idea I love I love Teresa I love Teresa I think she's really interesting Teresa yeah I I love Teresa as a character um I, it's funny because when you put the title at the environment through the looking glass I almost when you were doing the pitch uh. I almost thought it would be a really cool callback to just say, you know, whatever happened to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yes, that is exactly it. Yeah. yeah. But I love Spider-Man through the looking glass. It feels much more like a mystery noir title. It, it's a very noir title. Yeah. Super good. Love the pitch, Marcel. Really, yeah. really dope stuff. And yeah, I'm super into that. Including the Jessicas, Jones and Drew. Yeah. yeah. As well as Ben Riley. I mean, sign me up for this book. For Hell sure. yeah. And then our last email comes from uh, Adam. the black scientist. Not the I'm going to hit you. <laughs> I'm going to put you in the no place with uh, with Reyes. <laughs> you can say hi to him down there. Uh, oh, our, our final email comes from good brother, Adam Stringfellow. What's up, Stringfellow? Adam. Uh, he writes, hey, team. Hope y'all are having a good week so far. So this past weekend was 
emotional to say the least <laughs> not only did i see wakanda forever friday evening but that was also the same day that i found out that my forever batman kevin conroy tragically passed away that same day from a private battle with cancer fuck cancer agreed yeah as y'all can understand with both my heroes and mentor figures now gone it's been a pretty hard and unforgiving weekend for this week i wanted to ask y'all this in remembrance of chadwick boseman and kevin conroy what would you like to see if you can pitch it out of a Batman life story or a Black Panther life story? Similar to Spider-Man life story, how would the three of you imagine a love letter to these larger-than-life icons and these characters who've been mentors to us and countless others over the years? Would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this topic. Again, I hope y'all are doing well. Stay safe, and I'll catch y'all later. All the best and much more, Adam. Uh, he also writes, uh, P.S. Eric, I heard on the Wednesday podcast you were engaged. I just want to say congratulations. Thank you so much. Congrats! Uh, <laughs> right, that's fucking amazing. And I wish you and your fiance nothing but the absolute best and much more going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very exciting. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting to me because over the past, like, over this past week, uh, we've had a lot of artists drawing Batman as Kevin Conroy. Yeah, And I feel like that should be the baseline Batman design going forward, personally. Because uh, that's Just... always that's always the voice I hear when I read Batman comics. Exactly. Um, I think for the sake of like a Batman life story, they did a similar story to that. They've done it a couple times, um, but the, the big one that uh, was around for a long time was Batman Superman Generations. Yes. Where you get to watch both Batman and Superman grow up through the decades, making families and all that stuff. So if you haven't read that, uh, check that out. It's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting yeah. take. Um, for me, when it comes to like a Black Panther life story, I think that would be phenomenal. Uh, it would be difficult to do um, without without trying to bring too much of the real world politics into it. And I think that if you're going to go that route, absolutely fucking go that route. Yeah. But Marvel has a hard time with stuff like that. I, I think that's the only way to do a black Panther. Yeah. Uh, life story is you have to, you have to start it like in the thirties or the forties. Yeah. And then that way you can have it start with the Chaka. And then go into T'Challa and then have T'Challa be around during the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's an impactful story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the only way that you could really do that. I would I would be thrilled to see something like that. You put That'd a ton great. of icy coats and a Brian Stelfreeze on that book and I'm here for it. Hell yeah. But uh, I, I like, like you said, I think Marvel has a really hard time committing to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't see that ever happening. But um, it would be great. It would be great to be see great. it, especially yeah. if they did, you know, basically use Chadwick as the design inspiration for it in that story. That'd be amazing. Be very cool. Um, you know, it, it's funny talking talking about Kevin Conroy and hearing, uh, you know, Kevin Conroy as Batman every time I read. I I've never been that person. I've never heard Kevin Conroy as uh, Batman. And when I when I read Batman, um, despite the fact that I, I love that performance, I think it's a great performance, but yeah. I've, I've never heard that. But ever since Civil War came out, all I can hear is Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Yeah. Is yeah. 
because yeah. I never thought about T'Challa having that soft-spoken voice. Right. I think that's such a, yeah. a beautifully like perfect thing to put on that character is to have that kind it's of soft, choice. quiet, dry choice of voice. Like it's 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 such a beautiful thing in that performance that I I always forget about. It, mm-hmm. It's just automatically programmed in my head. But like when I read Black Panther now, that's how I hear him. Yeah. Like, Baba, you know, like it's so soft and smooth. He has such a smooth voice. Silky it's, smooth. It's, yeah. God, what a great performance that was. Uh, yeah. Both of them, honestly. Both of them. Like uh, incredible. The uh, in terms of like a life story, I wasn't thinking of, but the the I was thinking of like what you just sent me, Malcolm. Like sent both of us uh, listeners. Uh, he sent a text message where it was like it was like a pan. It was like a page from a comic book of like a Batman animated series comic book where Batman just like hands Commissioner Gordon a note saying like, I've lost my voice and I'll contact you later. Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think you should do a book. I think there should be a book like that uh, where Batman has no voice and finds his voice again. Um, and um, do the Frank quiet thing where like Christopher Reeve is always Superman the way he draws him make Kevin Conroy, the Bruce Wayne, every time they draw Bruce Wayne. Or uh, and uh, in that so you're on that camp too, man. Because I kind be of really interesting. I really like the idea of like Batman finding his voice again, in the sense of like the way he lost his sight in the uh, blind as a bat episode in Batman the Animated Series. Oh. It'd be great to see like him like find his like his vocal cords. Or something. I forgot about thing. that episode. That's a good episode. It's yeah. a great episode. It is a great episode. I've been watching listeners. I've been the way I've been mourning has been pretty much watching episodes of Batman the Animated Series that are not villain focus that are, they've been just like batman oriented like i am the knight uh or um over the edge over the edge oh well over the edge is kind of focused about is the villain is it's uh, it's, it's scarecrow but you know yeah perchance yeah. to dream perchance to dream perchance also to dream. i have seen yeah. even though it's a it's a mad hatter episode it but so, still yeah spoiler. Spoiler. It's, it's like uh, yeah he spoiled exactly. over the edge too spoiled okay. over the edge. it's at the end <laughs> no it's it's like but like those kind of episodes what is the one that I really got to me appointment in crime alley that is the one that Great is episode. the that yeah. is the batman episode that made me cry for the fact that like batman yeah. was just trying to be batman in that episode there was no villains there's no nothing in terms of like he was just him versus gangsters and arson it was really yeah. it's really cool um I that that's what I've been doing to deal with it, and I thought like if there if there is to be an honor of Kevin Conroy, I thought there already is in the sense of like the Pride special that came out this year with um him him coming out and uh, I love that Pride special. It's, it's so good. So good. Yeah. I I got that immediately after I got the Tim Drake Tim Drake Pride. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. So yeah, um, I think um, as a gay man, you know, and um. It it really is important to you listeners to understand that it to to really take care of yourselves and that it sneaks up upon you when it terms in terms of like illness or tragedy. Um, you never are prepared for it, but but just know that when it does come, you are surrounded by the admiration of everybody that you've met that not just not just your family not just your friends just people you've met who are just adamant about you the, you no matter what it is it's it's you need to know comfort in the sense that everything's okay everything will be okay 
it's it's horrible right as it is right now and it's it's it def i've i've never worn black for a straight week uh in my life you know and i did so this past week where i just couldn't help but put on a black shirt every day uh that leads up to one week today uh that we've lost this incredible icon not just an icon but person genuine loving person that gave us so much and recognize what it was that he does and how he touches everybody. Yeah. Well fucking said. Okay. I have nothing, nothing to add. You um, know, I, I think it's interesting that Kevin Conroy kind of touches on the three aspects of us, uh, a queer man, a voice actor, and someone who's covered in black all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, stop! I love. I thought about that two hours ago, and I just this. <laughs> this is this has become my favorite episode that we have ever recorded. <laughs> ever recorded, listeners. It is over four hours of material that you need to understand. <laughs> so much that the Zoom meeting canceled out the recording before we were even finished. You need to understand. This is the best. <laughs> I'm trying to cover that up, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to find out no matter me what. with my edits. They're going to find out no matter what. It's not your fault. It's Zoom's fault. It's Zoom's it fault for the fact that they can't record for longer God. than three hours. <laughs> I think that is a great note to end on. Um, so that does it for this week. Adam also sent us a very, uh, a very personal email. And Adam just wanted to let you know uh it's beautiful beautiful yeah interview. yeah uh, really really touched us man so really did yeah i really appreciate you sharing that thank you but thank you so much that does it for this week uh next week next week we are taking a week off in uh, observance of thanksgiving because there's a lot going on we are all incredibly busy which is a good problem to have but uh <laughs> next week no book club uh we're gonna be taking the week to be thankful for what we do, what we're able to consume, and for the people inspirations in our lives that give us direction. So the week after, we're going to be checking out the next chapter of the Miles Morales story, which also is actually the next chapter of the Ultimate Universe. It's Cataclysm. Cataclysm, mm. baby. Cataclysm is a story that I've been waiting to get to, and I'm very. I don't know why. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know what? This is my daredevil end of days. I can't believe you don't like daredevil end of days. That's really. I don't wild. like it. That's really uh, interesting. But the uh, the synopsis goes like this: The dreaded Galactus has arrived in the Ultimate Universe. With a whole dimension of new planets for him to devour, the Ultimate Heroes must stop Galactus from destroying their entire universe. Unstoppable and insatiable, he decimates the Shatari, the Kree, and then heads for Earth. As Rick Jones and Vision make desperate last-ditch attempts to deter Galactus, the Ultimates face the Devourer head-on. And while Nick Fury plots, Reed Richards fights for redemption, MODOK prepares for the end, and the X-Men deal with a lethal secret weapon. Miles Morales 
heads to Galactus's birthplace, the Marvel Universe, hoping for clues to save his world. Is this the ultimate hero's last stand? So yeah, big stuff. Big, big stuff. Um, we are going to be covering Cataclysm, the Ultimate's Last Stand, number one through five. Ultimate or uh, Cataclysm, Ultimate Spider-Man, one through three. And then we're going to be pinning an epilogue on there with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man 200. So those are all the books. That's going to be nine issues for you to check out next week. We gave you a giant-sized episode this week, and we're going to give you another giant-sized episode the week after to make up for no new episode next week. So take this time next week to be thankful, be grateful, tell the people you love that you love them, because you never know how much time you have. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we will see you right back here in two weeks for Ultimate Comics Cataclysm. But for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I've been Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. Happy early Thanksgiving. Stay safe, be well, and we will see you next time. Everyone is handed adversity. In life, no one's journey is easy. It's how they handle it that makes people unique. Thanks for that, Kevin.